Erg. I don't get sour Loading cream when a, I go there. A hand grenade. <laughs> and I feel like that equals it out. That makes it healthy. Hey, no so, sour cream. You're like Mario. I just don't get uh, ketchup with my French fries. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. No, what, what was Mario's? It wasn't no, ketchup. I thought it was just no fries. No fries with his burger. I don't order fries with my club sandwich. <laughs> you have to make omissions every once in a while. Yeah, but that's like yeah, but I, I, I've I've used this a lot, but that's like Febreze in the porta potty. I yeah. mean, you know, it's you can't undo what you're already doing. You know what though? You have like you eat at home all the time. You have a family at home. Like yep. I am eating on the run and in restaurants way too often, so I have to like make shot Cut call them every once in a while. I'd be like, I know there's bacon on that, but please no bacon. And then I feel like the biggest pansy in the world. But sir, you got the bacon. In. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, it is the DVE Morning Show, and Val is out today. Also, producer Joe Rikiki is out today, and uh, we are basically half staff. Yeah, but it won't be half ass, folks. Full ass this morning, as promised. Total ass. Let's uh, uh, take a look at weather. It's raining a lot. It has the been since ass last night. Brutal, man. Yeah. The uh, that flood was ridiculous. Alerts kept coming. Well. I was on the south side. I had reservations with friends for dinner at six thirty. <laughs> so we're like, let's let's have a, let's meet for a drink right next to the place, like you know, a couple blocks down. Sure, and then go to dinner. That sounds well, great. The downpour came, and trying to get out of that situation was the biggest uh, joke because it was it wasn't the kind of rain like I'll just run out to the car. It was a torrential downpour. Right. So the owner of the bar, we were at Carmela's, and she's like, hey, people leave umbrellas here. You can just grab one of those umbrellas, and you can at least take that to your car and maybe get closer to the restaurant. How nice is that? I'm like, great. And uh, I pick up the umbrella, and it has like this gel like, like gel kind of handle, so that when like a Stretch Armstrong. Whoa. So when you put your hand on it, it molds to your hand. And I'm like, this is awesome. Who would leave that kind of umbrella behind? So I start bragging about that. I'm like, look at this umbrella. And my friends are like, all right, easy. And I'm like, no, this is the nicest umbrella I've ever seen. And now they're like, yeah, whatever. You'll get excited about your umbrella Showing off an umbrella that's not yours. It's not mine. And I'm like, this thing's awesome. And I was like, all right, whatever. Screw you guys. I'll meet you at the restaurant. I'm going to take my nice umbrella, beat the torrential rains, and uh, I'm out of here. So... I walk outside. They're all kind of because it's like an open air. They have the the front windows open, and Carson Street is just getting pounded with huge drops of rain. It was pouring, and I walk out and I open the umbrella, the gelat, the gel handle umbrella, and I open it up, and it just keeps opening, and it goes all the way up to like a tulip. And it's like whoop, now it's all the way up. So it is not protecting me at all. It looks like a champagne glass is above my head, filling up with rain, and everybody starts howling. So I try to pull it down to make it manageable so it'll actually cover me, and the entire thing just disintegrated, and wires flew all over the place. <laughs> all you had left was the handle. That was it. Well, look, guys, it's still a good handle. I'm going to build from here. I went back in, and I was soaking wet, and they were laughing so hard. Guys, uh, I have a. You start at the handle, and then you work your way out from there. <laughs> There's got to be an umbrella store for parts. I just need the actual umbrella part. <laughs> uh, six o'clock <laughs> news uh, for you now. Anthony Bourdain's funeral is on hold because the body is stuck in France, where he committed suicide on Friday. I'm still having a tough time with this. I know, one. man. 
The 61-year-old television chef's mother says the French government will not allow his body to be shipped back to the United States just yet due to formalities. He was in the country filming an episode of the show Parts Unknown. Bourdain's body was reportedly found by a friend inside the hotel room. That uh, continues to reverberate around the country this weekend. And on social media, people were sending out messages of hope to those who might be struggling. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's just a tough, tough thing, man. It's a tough thing to receive, too, because if you're struggling, like, you don't want to hear that. Because he's supposed to be the, one of the tough guys. Right. Like, his life is perfect. And if he can't beat it, it's got to seem hopeless for, for other people. But that's yeah. just not how it works. It's, no. it, it pulls everyone down to the same even playing ground, which is this awful, you know, point of despair that, that you reach where you start to lose reason. The illusion of having it all is uh is is a cruel illusion because right. you know if you get the money you get the fame you talk to these people they will tell you hey listen at the end of the day like if you're not doing the work on you and you have some problems and you haven't dealt with them they follow you you can't just get rid of them because you reach some level of monetized success that's true very true and uh you know they always say they you know reach out if you need help, but you know those are the people who have a hard time reaching out. So if you can identify that in those around you, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to them. Hey, how you doing? Right. Just even a hey, what's up? Can what's I help? On? You want to talk? I'm here. Oh, by the way, they were showing Parts Unknown all weekend. I don't know if you caught any of that on CNN. That was too sad. Just, I couldn't do it. They showed last night. They showed Parts Unknown Berlin. It was amazing. It was a history of the you know. East West German, mm-hmm. uh, East West Germany, and about the wall falling and about what it is now and about like the underground like techno house scene. Yeah, and it's just like kind of crazy how when the wall fell, like the way that everybody kind of came together was through this like techno music. Yeah, like so they're still raving over there now. Yeah, it's like one of the last places in the world where it's like a truly liberal city. Where you just go there and party hard. <laughs> right on. It made me want to go to Berlin. He's out, you know, just meeting with all these different people, talking to them. And the thing that I love about him the most, I think, was the fact that he goes to other places and asks people about their story. Mm-hmm. He just constantly was deferring and letting other people tell the stories. And he was our, our conduit for that. And that's... You know, the tragedy of this for me. Yeah, he was an ambassador towards that lifestyle and that kind of type of, of living. Just which is, traveling uh, and showing you that... An empathetic existence. Yeah. The Broadway musical The Band's Visit is making headlines for sweeping this year's Tony Awards. It nabbed all seven awards it was up for during the show last night, including Best Musical. I never heard of it. Never heard of it. Producer Oren Wolf spoke about diversity while the <laughs> cast and crew... Well, Accepted the win. The musical also won for Best Direction, Lead Actor, and Actress. Featured actor and original score. Some of the cast also took the stage to perform. In uh, California, Manhattan Beach, Vince Vaughn in hot water after he was arrested. Yeah, Police say the Chicago area native and male passenger were taken into custody early yesterday on sp- suspicion of drunken driving. The arrest happened after Vaughn was pulled over at a DUI checkpoint in Hermosa Beach. Vaughn is known for appearing in such films as Swingers, The Wedding Crashers, and Hacksaw Ridge. Um, yeah, it's, it's a drag. Yeah. 
I didn't even talk to Burn about it because I was like, are you were you the other guy in the car, Burn? Well, well, no, but he's you know a key piece, and Burn is about to start shooting a movie, right? Vince Vaughn is about to start filming a movie, and this can't be good for business. No, uh, it certainly depends on the circumstances, but sure. but you know about uh, in terms of how bad it gets, but uh, you know uh, at its face, DUI never a good thing. The members of Queens of the Stone Age are paying tribute to the late chef, author, and television personality Anthony Bourdain over the weekend at a festival in Denmark. The band honored the late CNN Parts Unknown host with the performance of Long Slow Goodbye. Frontman Josh Homme knew Bourdain, having appeared on Parts Unknown before going on to record the theme song for the popular Emmy-winning program. Bourdain died by suicide over the weekend at the age of 61, as we were just telling you. Gorillaz is out with another track. Gorillas, that's right. Remember them? Yeah. They're back. Yeah, I don't know if I need to read that story. <laughs> that's the end of it, really. It is? They have another track, yeah. Are they are they putting it out with Jane Goodall or no? Uh, I don't I don't believe so. Oh, that's a shame. Uh Bonnaroo was this past weekend. A man was found dead. Law enforcement officials are investigating after a man was found dead in his car at the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. Organizers say the thirty two year old man was found Friday morning on the Manchester, Tennessee Festival's campground. Investigators say no foul play is suspected, but the cause of death remains under investigation. The incident marks the first death at the festival since 2015. Did you hear what Eminem did? Yes. Like a big dummy. Yes. He, What's he, I mean, he obviously wasn't thinking. He uh, used gunshot sound effects during his set, and it freaked the whole crowd out. Yeah, as, because that happens now. Yes. You that, can't do that. Back in the day, it might have made people a little bit, and they're like, whoa, whoa. But now they're, they're, they're already waiting for that. It's a different time we live in right now, and it's, uh, I hope it's one that changes. Pickle lovers rejoice. Sonic is offering up a pickle juice slushy starting today. Not that. Pickle juice slushy? For those who would rather ease into drinking pickles, customers can also <laughs> have pickle juice added to any drink. It's a drive-in chain. What a demographic they're targeting. It's so bizarre, right? Are you uh, trying to dip your toe in the pickle waters? <laughs> Try this new blizzard with pickle chunks. Ugh. That does sound terrible. Uh, rain continuing through the morning should uh, be stopping by early afternoon. High of 76. Right now, 61 degrees. Feels like it was 101 when we walked in here this yeah, morning. Yeah, it's a full-blown sauna in here. Yeah, it's uh, in the studio from SNL. He's now dating Ariana Grande. Grande. Grande or Grande? I say Grande. Is it Grande? I don't know. I, I call her Venti. <laughs> well, she's definitely hot. I she mean, is. She's, you know, she's gorgeous. And uh, Beautiful. Colin Jost from SNL. Dating Scarlett Johansson. So the SNL yeah. guys are doing pretty good right They're now. They're doing great. Pete Davidson uh, still, though, has that, like, well, I always root for Pete, you know, and he's a, uh, he's a funny, funny dude. He was in the studio um, a little while ago talking about his favorite host ever. I saw a, uh, a, a, I don't know if it was an Instagram or what it was from the, from SNL, and, and they had interviewed you asking about your favorite part of season one, uh-huh. and you talked about, Getting the 69 The Rock. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. He, uh, he tastes like protein. <laughs> yeah. 
Real tight seal on that one. <laughs> no, he's, a, he's literally the nicest human being ever. Like yeah. the most gentle, caring, funny, charismatic human being ever is The Rock. Do you wonder when you see those guys like, oh, that's why they're successful? Or, you know, is it a byproduct of their success? No, that guy works really hard. Yeah. That guy works really hard. Uh... He was, you know, everybody that comes to the show is is there all the time. And Super talented. That dude was like an all-star athlete turned wrestler dude, turned movie star. As soon as he smiles, it's over. That's how <laughs> yeah. charismatic. You're like, oh, you just yeah. want to hug this guy. Yeah. Like, this guy's awesome. So, Was that the most starstruck you were? Uh, yeah, I was more, I kind of, me and my buddy wrote that. It was kind of, my, my girlfriend's obsessed with The Rock, so oh. it was kind of like, Deep down, it was some sort of psychological revenge <laughs> because I knew she enjoyed it. So I wanted to know how I could possibly ruin everything for her. Was she asking and, you like uh, the details of the? Oh yeah, the, yeah. I, I wasn't allowed to shower for like weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of a sudden, she was incredibly attracted to me. Shooter has your sports when we come back. Buckos yesterday, they get one back and in, uh, inch back closer to uh, five hundred. Want to remind you, DVE Comedy Fest. Podcast Burtcast live. That's right. Saturday, we added two more shows to the DVE Comedy Festival schedule the Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast, and Bert Kreischer's Burtcast, both bro broadcast, podcasted live from the Rex Theater. You can get tickets to each one of those shows at dve.com. Doug's is at 4 20 in the afternoon, and that is like almost like a celebrity game show about movies. That's going to be awesome. Yes, and uh, the 420 start should give you an idea of what kind of uh, atmosphere it'll be there. And then Bert Kreischer doing the Bertcast live. Keep the party going. Yeah, so that'll be Saturday night. More Bert. More uh, more laughs, less shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. More Bert, less shirt. Yeah, that's really <laughs> the way to say it. Hey, that sells itself. Mike's got sports next. Steve. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Pirates got uh, one out of three by winning in Chicago yesterday. Seven to one in the fog at Wrigley Field. And uh, yesterday, one of those days where the Pirates actually looked like they knew what they were doing and they had people capable of playing Major League Baseball. There haven't been a ton of those in the last uh, three or so weeks. But uh, Josh Harrison got things started off. Leading off the game with the home run, and the Pirates pretty much never looked back. They blew things open with a five-run sixth inning, and that was more than enough backing for Yvonne Nova, who came off the disabled list and went five and two-thirds innings, four hits, one run. It was earned two walks and eight strikeouts. He improved to three and five and dropped the ERA to 4.68 uh, in addition to Josh Harrison's third home run of the year. The Pirates got another double from Austin Meadows, his fourth, and uh, Gregory Polanco's first triple of the year. That cleared the bases in that five-run sixth inning. Uh, three extra base hits as a part of the Pirates' nine-hit attack. They improved to 32-33, and 33, and they did lose two out of three to the Cubs and Wrigley over the weekend, but they allowed six runs. And uh, two of the runs that they allowed on Saturday were the result of Starling Marte slipping and falling and failing the catch, which should have been a fly to center. Mm -hmm. Just one of those weird developments. Yeah. Uh, the bats have not been going, but maybe uh, Harrison's home run, maybe Polanco's triple. Uh, maybe those are signs they're going to start scoring runs again. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Bell has been struggling mightily. They've dropped him down in the order. 
trying to take a little pressure off him, get him out of the cleanup spot. Definitely a good sign that Nova looks to be back to form. Yeah, the pitching was pretty good all weekend. And if you're going to sustain anything, it, it's going to be with good pitching. So hopefully some signs this weekend that the Pirates are uh, getting their feet back under them, even though they did lose 2-3 to the Cubs. They are 32-33 and on the season. Seven games behind the Brewers in the NL Central Division. Now they head out uh, to Arizona to meet the Diamondbacks, who have won three in a row and lead the NL West at 35-29. and It doesn't get any easier for the Pirates. Joe Musgrove tonight. He's 2-1 with a 1.89 ERA. He'll be opposed by lefty, lefty Patrick Corbin, 6-2, 2.87. Your pitching matchups for the rest of the Arizona series. Uh, Trevor Williams against Clay Buckholes on Tuesday. And then a day game on Wednesday, Jamison Tyone against Zach Granke. Maybe a, uh, a small nudge back in the right direction for the Pirates yesterday. Who also uh, made a couple of roster moves. They had to get Nova off the DL, so they optioned Nick Kingham back to AAA Indianapolis, and also Adam Frazier was sent to AAA Indy. He's been struggling in a reserve role at the plate, and uh, Francisco Cervelli is day-to-day after uh, getting hit with a foul ball in the jaw. So Jacob Stallings was recalled from AAA Indianapolis just to kind of solidify the catching situation. Also, uh... General Manager Neil Huntington saying on his radio show yesterday that uh, Jung Ho Gung is going to Indianapolis. He's going to start playing a Triple A Indy tonight. He could be close. I like it. They I can, like it a they lot. They could certainly use another bat right now. Nudge the Jolly Roger. Nudge it. Slow bet. Steelers getting ready for uh, mandatory veteran minicamp tomorrow. They wrapped up OTAs last week. Uh, the three-day session uh, will run Tuesday through Thursday, and then that'll be it until training camp on July the 25th at St. Vincent College. Terry Bradshaw is uh, on the side of the Philadelphia this Eagles. Is cr- this blew me away. I, I, I was totally shocked that he took this stance. Bradshaw telling TMZ yeah, yesterday, quote, I agree with the Eagles totally 100%. Trump needs to go somewhere and enjoy the money he's got. Bradshaw not happy that Trump uh, canceled the White House visit for the Eagles after it became known that none of the Eagles were going to accept the invitation to visit the White House. I would have bet dollars to donuts that he was hardcore MAGA. That Terry was a card-carrying member of the of the, the Trump uh, army. So it yeah. it's surprising to me to hear him break ranks. So you got to watch it with Terry, though, because you never know where he's going to be coming from or why. Right. Tough to apply logic to anything. Yeah, tomorrow he might be, like, saying something completely 180, 180 degrees. degrees. Yeah, yeah, he's been that way a long time. Somebody tweeted. I, I wish I wrote down who this was because I can't remember it now. But somebody tweeted yesterday that Justify has declined its invitation <laughs> to the White House after winning the Triple Crown and justifies reasoning for doing so. Justify said, and I quote, if I wanted to see a horse's ass, I'd have finished second. <laughs> Beautiful. But then you had Sheriff David Clark saying he should invite Justify because he knew he wouldn't kneel at the anthem. Like, are we seriously, he's serious, seriously bringing this up? He should invite the horse. Why not? Uh, Justified did win the Triple Crown on Saturday, uh, the 13th horse all-time 
to win the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes. Believe it or not, Justify is going to race again. Really? They're just not sure. Why? They're just not sure when. According to Elliot Walden of Windstar Farm, uh, the multi-owner group that controls Justify wants to share the horse with the public. I mean, I thought that they were going to do that via the breeding. Yeah, is he sterile? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Wouldn't would, that be a bummer for why him? Risk it? Why would you risk it? The other thing I was thinking about this weekend, I don't know why I was thinking about this. Edzo, by the way, right again. What do you, uh, he had of Justify. Of course. Yeah. He told us last week there's no way Justify was going to lose. Yeah. Conditions, what have you. Didn't matter. He had a strong triple crown series. Edzo or the horse? Both. Yeah. If the horse breaks his leg, isn't there a way to still, like, prop the horse up and just get his DNA to keep breeding him? Yes. I would think. I don't, I'm not speaking from personal knowledge. <laughs> you yeah. said it like, you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah I and can after do the that. Break, Why? What do I'm you need? <laughs> I'm not either. But I, I <laughs> After would, the break, I'll show you how. I would think that the reason they put him down is because they can't run anymore, so they're not useful. Right. You know, just your typical racing horse. Uh, but this, this one's in a different ballpark because it has another purpose. You would think, like, maybe something's wrong with it. Maybe, it, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe it's not a breeder. Possibly not. I have no idea. Bob Bob Baffert with oh, another oh, W. Wilbur. You know, they had a horse, Bob Baffert, that was just <laughs> running defense for Justify. Blocker. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't think that was legal. Was, yeah. it, a, was it a fatter horse? It's, I was doing a little reading on that this weekend. Uh, from what I was able to ascertain, it, it's legal, but it's considered kind of crappy. No one's going to remember that. Nope. They only remember nope. TC. <laughs> Good job, whoever you were. All right. PFT commenter later this morning. Uh, we'll congratulate him on his uh, Washington Capitals having won the Stanley Cup. By the way, speaking of that, have you guys caught oh, Eddie yeah. of Oh, my act? God. He's out yeah. of control. He's, he's the drunkest person to ever uh, win the Stanley Cup. He's setting the record for celebrating with the cup. It's definitely the most fun I've seen anybody have in the social media era with the cup. The pressure that guy must have been under, the, the that he must have been feeling, that he finally got right. past the second round to actually cash it in and win it. The I mean, release. You could see it on his face throughout the playoffs and the way he was reacting to everything. But now this, this outpouring of emotion has really been ridiculously fun to observe from yeah, It'll be really fun when we see Putin hanging out with the Cup, too. That's he's gonna just going to be a breeder now, right, o- Ovi? He's done playing. Yeah, he's going to create little yeah. uh, snipers. <laughs> <laughs> it is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford. Val's out today. <clears throat> also, our producer, Joe Rikiki's out today. We're, you know, we picked a good day. Oh, just mm-hmm. a crappy day and the heat's broken here, or the AC's broken yeah, in the building. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but uh, my internet is uh, doubtful. In the office, and there was another accident on the uh, wrong side of the Squirrel Hill Tunnel coming in, so my blood pressure was already oh, that's a drag through the roof. As I arrived, this has really been fun so far. Oh, sorry, Mike. You know, should have taken today, Mike. I yeah, should've. I don't. Have any- geniuses took today, but you didn't take today. <laughs> what does that tell you? Uh, Anthony Bourdain's death still causing uh, a lot of people to just reflect and um everybody i've talked to about this has the same reaction oh man that really bummed me out yeah it's a real bummer uh he committed suicide in france early friday morning 61 years of age there are a few developments that occurred over the weekend he hung himself in a hotel bathroom using a belt from his bathrobe 
Local police said there's no oh. indication that anyone else had been there that morning. There's no sign of foul play. Toxicology tests will determine whether he had any drugs or alcohol in his system. But the drugs or the results won't be back for uh, several weeks. I thought it, would, it even took months for that toxicology to come back. I don't know. Maybe it's different. Like six weeks or something. Over there. Uh, Anthony's friend, Chef, is it Repair or Ripper? How do you say Eric, the, the chef's name? I, I, I was... I didn't know this guy, but apparently a lot of people knew him yeah. from the show. He's pretty famous. Chef the Ripper sounds like it would be a right. thing. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's the one that found him, which had to be. Which is absolutely devastating because they were best friends. Yeah. Uh, they'd been filming an episode of Anthony's new show, Parts Unknown, which, of course, he filmed the Pittsburgh episode uh, last year. Anthony had been dating Italian actress Asia Argento. Or is it Asia? Yeah, I don't know. However you say her name. It's spelled Asia, but I think it's Asia. They'd been dating for more than a year. She said, quote, Anthony gave all of himself and everything he did. His brilliant, fearless spirit touched and inspired so many, and his generosity knew no bounds. He was my love, my rock, my protector. I'm beyond devastated. My thoughts are with his family. I would ask that you respect their privacy and mine. Now, it's worth noting, it's unclear whether they were still together at the time of his death. Earlier last week, there were photos of Asia hanging out with another guy, and they were holding hands and hugging. Whoa. Possible it's just a friend, and their physical touching was just a European thing. But in the wake of Anthony's suicide, some people are suggesting that he and Asia were no longer dating and that she had something going on the side. She also shared a cryptic message in an Instagram story just hours before his death. It was a photo of herself wearing a shirt that said, F everyone. And she captioned it, quote, you know who you are. Uh, in any event, it looked like Anthony and uh, Asia were together as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Anthony's suicide came days after fashion designer Kate Spade killed herself. And the Mental Health Association says the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline has experienced a 25% increase in call volume compared to the previous week. That's good. I think that is good, yeah. Naturally, a lot of celebrities have been posting tributes. Val Kilmer, though, catching some flack for calling... Bourdain's suicide selfish. But his anger was part of a very heartfelt tribute to Bourdain. Anthony show posted an homage, homage rather, featuring one of his quotes. If I'm an advocate for anything, it's to move as far as you can, as much as you can, across the ocean or simply across the river, walk in someone else's shoes or at least eat their food. Yes, that should be the takeaway. For sure. For sure. When he uh, got divorced the first time, he wrote about being suicidal for up to a year. Uh, this is something he's been battling openly. Talked about his demons. Battled heroin, too. Yeah. And uh, it was really sad to see it come to an end this way. Do you pour the dressing on your salad or do you dip your lettuce into the dressing? If I'm making it, like if I'm making a salad, uh -huh. I'll dress it. But yeah. if I'm at a restaurant, I always tell them to put it on the side. Like, let's say there's a nice piece of broccoli in the salad or something. I'll look for something that's a good conduit. Then I'll, like, bless the salad with the dressing. Come on. <laughs> Use it to so Jackson weird. Pollock your salad? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Because I want even distribution, but I don't want to just... 
you know, you pour it right on the whole you thing. You got to right do on. your well, dressing you like that artist in The Big Lebowski, where she comes <laughs> flying in on the, on the zip line. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was Randy with the blue cheese. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It is the DVE Morning Show. It's raining a little bit on your way to work this morning. So be prepared for that. Probably stop raining by about uh, 9 o'clock, and uh, it'll fizzle out there. 61 degrees right now at DVE. Val's off today, and uh, it's just Bill and I in the studio. Here's the news for you. The drama club from the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, is being recognized thanks to this year's Tony Awards. The students from the club took the stage at the award show last night to sing Seasons of Love from the musical Rent. Oh, I love that song. I don't know that song. Isn't is it, that the is one that does one? that? 5,000, 6,000 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's how many minutes minutes are in a year. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But then didn't one of the cell phone companies co-opt it and use it for how much free time you'd have on one of their plans or something like that? Oh, I don't know. But Roll I hope over that- minutes. <laughs> I hope that Sprint and Verizon guy doesn't start singing. That guy's the worst. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Do I have AIDS now? The school drama teacher also received the award for excellence in theater education prize. Well, there you go. That's nice. Hey, that's a nice story. I didn't watch the Tonys last night, but boy, they sure garnered a whole lot of news and attention. Never do. Never Uh, watch the Tonys. No. Not not intentional. I just don't watch. I don't go to the theater. Well, Robert De Niro. Not holding back his feelings towards President Trump, De Niro was at the Tony Awards last night to introduce a performance by Bruce Springsteen and hurled the F-word twice at the Commander-in-Chief. Here he was last night. I'm going to say one thing. Trump. He also said there needs to be more transparency in government. A CBS spokesperson said De Niro's comments were unscripted and unexpected. Playwright Tony Kushner said at a press conference after the show that he agrees with De Niro, saying this person should not be anywhere near the seat of power. Here's the problem with this, is if you're trying to argue with people that this is not how we should be governed, saying F Trump only makes people dig in deeper when they support him. Nobody was happier about, as happy as all those people were in the theater to hear De Niro say that and they jumped to their feet. Nobody was happier about it than the very guy he's trying to malign because he knows it just engenders more support amongst his followers. Yeah. Which is now he's, you know, flat out Fox News just calls him a dictator now. He's not the president. He's just a dictator. With the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Anthony, talk to us about this moment. I mean, this is history. We are living, regardless of what happens in that meeting between the two dictators, what we are seeing right now. Oops. Are you like, do you feel like I feel like today with this North Korean summit, like Ovechkin's going to stumble in with the cup? Like, do you feel like he's just been everywhere? Ovechkin may, in fact, stumble in with the cup. With Putin riding in the cup. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know Dennis Rodman's going to be there. Yeah, why not? I mean, of course, Dennis Rodman's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. And are we sure it is actually Kim Jong-un, or is it that impersonator that we keep seeing everywhere? The impersonator looks a lot like him. He looks exactly like him. There oh. was one out in um, California when we were out there with the girls, 
and it was like right at Santa Monica. I tried to go take a picture of them, and these fake security guards rushed me, and they were like, come over here. If you want to get a picture, you got to pay. Ah, I, I like, got Whoa, you. guys, calm down. Just wanted to talk to the dear leader. If it was the real one, you would have been dead from sarin gas in no time. That's true. <laughs> Guitarist Danny Kerwin, who appeared on five Fleetwood Mac albums, is dead. Kerwin joined the original Fleetwood Mac lineup of Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, Peter Green, and Jeremy Spencer in 1968. Along with uh, guitar, he contributed vocals and songwriting to the band through 1972. Mick Fleetwood wrote on Facebook that Danny's true legacy will forever live on in the music he wrote and played so beautifully as part of the foundation of Fleetwood Mac. Kerwin died Friday in London at the age of 68. I had not known about him until I recently YouTubed the Peter Green documentary that was a BBC documentary about the original guitarist of Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green, who is yeah. who is generally regarded to be like, you know, one of the great blues guitarists who kind of faded away due to uh, just the, like, very much like a Sid... Um, um, Vicious? No, Pink Floyd. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, everybody's mad at me right now. Anyways... He took tons and tons and tons of LSD and it just screwed up his mind. But it's a great documentary about Peter Green and how great he was and how he originally brought Fleetwood Mac to prominence and just how different of a band they were. If you mm -hmm. ever listen to those old Fleetwood Mac records, like from the late 60s, early 70s, mm -hmm. dude, it's, I mean, it's like, like a blues band just tearing into it. It's really good. But uh, he was uh, part of some of that, of course. Danny Kerwin, who has uh, passed away. But I didn't know him. 68 years old. Previous to How the documentary, I didn't know him. I have no idea. No idea. Okay, I thought he was battling demons or something. Like no, drugs, I don't know. No, alcohol. 68, I don't know. I think he probably lived, lived a hard life, if I had to imagine. Uh, but continuing on with the theme of rock stars battling demons, Fleet Fox's frontman, Robin Pecknell, addressing his issues with mental health and suicidal thoughts. So many have over the last three days, of course. In an Instagram post over the weekend, the Sun It Rises singer... Confessed that a few years ago, by the way, they were just here in Pittsburgh. They just played Thursday night, last Thursday night at the Benningham, two Thursdays ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was, yeah, rave reviews from that show. Uh, he confessed a few years ago he was dangerously and actively suicidal. He said his respect for loved ones and the pain it would cause them was what kept him from acting. He went on to say he doesn't believe that suicide is selfish. His comments came following the suicide death last week of chef, author, and television host, Anthony Bourdain and designer Kate Spade. Val Kilmer also wrote a post about Bourdain saying that he was selfish to do it. And I don't know what to think about that. At first, my initial reaction is, oh, that's terrible to, to malign somebody after something like that happened. Right. But I don't know if that, maybe that has a positive effect on somebody who's considering it because they're unable to consider that their actions may indeed be something that is selfish in that it takes away your pain but only adds to everyone around you? I mean, I think it depends on who's who's saying that. If it's somebody who's been directly impacted by that person's suicide, I'm sure that that's a, 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 a go-to emotion yeah. for somebody who's mourning the loss of somebody close to them. They, 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 you know, you're angry. Yeah. You're angry with that person. You're like, why wouldn't you let us help you? Great point. You know? But if, if Kilmer doesn't know him at all, I think it's kind of a careless statement to make because you just really don't know what he was struggling with. One thing is for sure, though, you think you are you are absolving the people around you of the burden of your existence, and all you're really doing is causing them great pain for the rest of their lives. Right. But you can't 
acknowledge that. You know, you can't process. You that. can't see it. That's you're too far deep in your own quagmire. Yeah, it's part of know? the disease, unfortunately. Uh, Interpol is gearing up to release its sixth studio album. I don't need to read this story. There's news in the Guinness World uh, Record here, the, the a new record. If it's not about Interpol, I don't care. Most people performing an Interpol song at karaoke simultaneously. <laughs> no, it's most people performing a bodybuilding pose simultaneously. <laughs> That's <laughs> most, hilarious. Most meatheads. <laughs> oh, my God. That is kind of funny. Did they go and conquer a Planet Fitness after that? A record-breaking amount of 803 people attended the Flex on the Mall annual fitness competition. Dude, the Flex on the Mall competition. Which, which Flex are you going with? I mean, I'm going with the the up top, the almost point, the Hulkster. The point one? Yeah. I'm doing that one where it just looks like you're like uh, going to tie your shoe and you're just doing the... Oh, yeah. I like that one. You bring the arms around yeah. a little bit. Like, that's really like a shoulder. Like a shoulder lat yeah. thing? Yeah. Because like, that's strong. I feel like that'll bury my gut. I like the back where it goes, where you're pumping it, like fanning out the back. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> there's people at my gym that, like, there's two That's trainers hilarious. at my gym that, like, train people for that stuff. So occasionally you'll walk in and there's just, like, a dude in bikini <laughs> just practicing poses there. Doing that weird thigh yeah. thing where he steps out a little bit, yeah. shakes his leg. 803 people. 803. That's attended a lot. the Flex on the Mall annual fitness competition. The USO hosted the bodybuilding event. The previous record was 794 people. Organizers had to make sure every participant held a double bicep pose at the same time. Oh, double guns. For 35 seconds. Sun's out, guns out. Nice. Uh, as I said earlier, highs in the low 70s. Later today, we're at about 62 right now at DVE. I went to the Holland Oats concert this weekend, Saturday night at so jealous. Rich girl, PBG Paints Arena. Now, you and I went and saw them at Stage AE a few years ago. It's one of the joys of my life. And they're great, and there's no doubt about it. But I have to tell you about something that went on during the show. No. What happened? Well. Only good things. Hall and Oates. He, he mentioned, you know, they're, of course, from Philadelphia. And then they got booed. So you get booed if you say Philadelphia in yes. Pittsburgh. But it was, the crowd was, it was an older crowd. I mean, part of the benefit of having it at someplace like PPG as you can sell more tickets than Stage AE because people want to sit down because their crowd is old. You know, they're an Even though crowd. they've they've definitely experienced a resurgence. They have a younger audience live from Daryl's house because of the internet. Yeah, live from Daryl's house has really brought a new crowd to them. Um, and so he gets booed for mentioning Philadelphia, but it was kind of like a half-hearted boo. You know how there's like a, a Bronx cheer comic boo type thing you know yeah like you can tell when a crowd's being sarcastic almost well this didn't have that because it was kind of half-assed so he really took it like he, we were booing philadelphia earnestly and i wasn't booing you know but like people are gonna in pittsburgh because they're eh, you know it's a sports thing mostly so he like got offended he's like are you really booing philadelphia like <laughs> Has he never been here before? He goes, all right, uh, how about if I just say uh, we're from Pennsylvania? And then everyone's like, yeah, that's that's better, okay. And I think the crowd was like, assuming it was all a big joke, but he kept bringing it up throughout the show. He's like, I wrote this one in New York State. Is that okay? Is it okay to do anything in New York? And then he brings Pat Monahan from Train Out, who was part of the bill, who's, of course, 
My Erie from compadre. Erie. Yeah, my Erie PA. He gets it. Yeah. And he's like, is it okay if he's uh, from Western PA? Is that all right? Good enough? And then later he's like, wait, is this a, some sports BS? And everyone's kind of like, yes, that's what we've been trying to say. It's nothing personal. But he really would not let it go, and he was really pissed. And the other thing is, I sat in section 108. 108 mm-hmm. is all the way straight back from the stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, straight back. So I was pretty far away from the stage. And I got to tell you, I had a hard time seeing Oats. I really <laughs> had a tough time seeing Oats. Well, he's a little guy. I, I couldn't find him. Tiny Oats is... Maybe should think about stilts. Well, I thought that what they should do is in their merchandise, you know, they sell all of these T-shirts and stuff like that. They should sell Oats binoculars. <laughs> yeah. That way you can spot Oats sure. no matter where you're sitting in the arena. Because, frankly, I had a tough time. He's got to do something about that. Uh, they were really good. And I'll tell you who was awesome. Pap. Frickin' Monahan. Did they? Oh my God! Did they boo sing? when he did drops of Jupiter? <laughs> Jupiter, <laughs> boo! Jupiter, boo! Wait, are you really booing a planet? Can I be from Saturn? Is that okay? <laughs> Jeez, you guys are booing the solar system. <laughs> boo! They came out and did. He um, clearly never watched any sports. Which I don't blame him. He's a musician. No, He's totally yeah. into what it, you know his thing. But for him to be surprised, he's clearly not been paying attention for the last 50 years. There's a weird thing with musicians in sports and then how you handle it in different towns. Usually it's kind of jokey or whatever. Right. You know, I remember seeing uh, Wilco at the Carnegie Museum in Oakland at, uh, you know, the, the big theater there. And during a break, it was Pens were in the playoffs that year and like they are every year. And someone yelled, let's go, Pens! And Jeff tweeted, the lead singer goes, Sports are stupid. <laughs> and then, like, all the hipster dudes are like, yeah, they all cheered. The sports are stupid. And I was like, really? Are you, we got to go there? Sports are stupid? And a week later, I saw flipping Jeff Tweedy singing, take me out to the ball game at a Cubs game. I, I, My face turned red. I'm like, you. Never take me out to the <laughs> ball game. Never take me out with the crowd. <laughs> Don't buy me peanuts or crack. Good, Jax. I hate sports. I'm a geek. <laughs> and that is that. <laughs> but pa- Pat Monahan came out uh, during the set of Hall and & Oates, and he duetted with Daryl Hall on like three songs. And I mean, the two of them singing together, unbelievable. And really great and I've known voices. Pat since I was a kid. You know, the first quote-unquote band I ever played in was with Pat. What was the band called? I I honestly don't remember. There was a a guitarist player's name was Vridavong. It was his last name. So I think there was going to be a play on that at some point, like Van Halen, you know. Mm -hmm. But Pat was a drummer and a singer. He played in a band called Rose Gallery and a band called Exit up in Erie for many years before he moved out to San Francisco and got the job. And he's, uh, he's a great dude and an unbelievably good singer. And that band gets a bad rap sometimes because of the poppy nature of some of their tunes. And I just think they're an easy band to put in the joke category. You know, they're not quite Nickelback, but sometimes they catch... They're not quite Jason Mraz. Right. But they've got that kind of hippy-dippy vibe. He sang this song live with Daryl Hall on Saturday night, and it was amazing. I mean, I, I know... He's going to be remembered as one of the great all-time rock singers. Just singers in general when it's all said and done. 
not very few people can sing like Pat Monahan, and uh, he did this with Daryl Hall, and it was killer. Did a whole record of Zeppelin two. They re-recorded Zeppelin two. With a him. I never heard this. Dude, fat ass. It. Take that, Greta Van Fleet. Pat Monahan's like Take 50 that on year the old. road. Oh, they did do this on the road. I know they did the in-house at Stern one day just playing Zeppelin. Awesome. Yeah, he's incredible. All right, Mike's got your sports when we come back. Buckos get a W yesterday. Much needed and uh, got to get the bats going again, but uh, came through on the mound this weekend. Full report. 40%. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta, how's your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show? What's the word, Mike? Pirates beat the Cubs yesterday, 7-1 to one at Foggy Wrigley Field. They salvaged one of three on the weekend. They still lost the series to the Cubs. They have lost seven series in a row. And uh, they're still under 500 at 32-33. and 33. But if uh, you take a little closer look at what happened at Wrigley Field this weekend... Reason to possibly perhaps be just a little bit encouraged in the wake of this uh, bad month the Pirates have been having. They lost 3-1 to one on Friday afternoon. Chad Cool gave up uh, a couple of runs in the first inning and it ended up going five and a third, three earned runs. Not great, but credible. He at least kept them in the game, gave him a chance to win. Uh, that one was attributable mostly to Ian Happ, the Pittsburgh kid playing left field for the Cubs and making three spectacular catches, each one seemingly better than the last, that uh, just prevented the Pirates from scoring any runs. you got to take your hat off the half and give it to him because he was that good and left. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Nick Kingham went six and a third, allowed two earned runs, and he could have got out of it uh, with a better fate had Starling Marte not slipped and a ball not sailed past him that he would have otherwise caught. That set the Cubs up for a couple runs in the first inning, and that was the only damage they did to Kingham in a 2 nothing win. Pirates got one hit on that afternoon. Uh, not a great showing by the offense. But yesterday, uh, the bats finally woke up, and Ivan Nova got off the DL and gave him five and two-thirds, four hits, one run, two walks, and eight Ks. Uh, I'm pointing all this out uh, not to make excuses for dropping two out of three to the Cubs, but if you can continue to get credible to better starting pitching, you have a chance to start winning a series of games again, as they have at times this year. They've been incredibly streaky, the Pirates, and they're on a bad streak now, but maybe the pitching turned it around a little bit in Wrigley. That's still a pretty good lineup uh, that the Cubs have, so not something to dismiss as the Pirates get ready to play three in Arizona. Joe Musgrove tonight against Patrick Corbin. Musgrove's 2-1 with a 1.89 ERA. Corbin 6-2, 2.87. The Bucks are seven games behind the Brewers with that 32-33 record. The Diamondbacks lead the NL West at 35-29. They've won three in a row. And Paul Goldschmidt was hitting the ball a long way repeatedly this weekend. He's had a tough start to the season, but he's apparently heating up. Just in time for that pirate pitching staff. Yeah, buddy. I gotta, when, you, when you're trying to pull yourself out of a rough patch it's got to start with the starting pitching and if you can consistently 
put good starts together, chances are you, you have a chance to win more than you lose. Uh, we'll see if the Pirates can test that theory in Arizona. A couple roster moves yesterday. Nova had to be activated off the DL, so Nick Kingham was optioned to AAA Indy. And Adam Frazier is also in Indianapolis. Uh, Jacob Stallings recalled because Francisco Cervelli is day-to-day after taking a foul to the jaw over the weekend in Chicago. Uh, another addition to the Indianapolis roster, Young Ho Gong is scheduled to play with the AAA Indians tonight. He was promoted from Class A Bradenton as he tries to make it back after a year and a half off due to his uh, legal problems. He had 10 hits, 3 home runs, and 11 RBI in 7 games with Bradenton. So he was killing Class A pitching. Was he playing any ball over in Korea while he was stuck over there? I don't think so. I'm not sure about that, but I don't think. Because that's my biggest concern is, like, did this guy lose some of his ability just taking a year off? Also, whatever became of the investigation in Chicago, was that finally put to rest? Is that? Must have been. I never heard. Never heard anything of it. The initial uh, allegations were uh, published, and then never heard any results or conclusive findings from what went on there. And that certainly uh, is important to either exonerate him or make the Pirates maybe rethink being involved with that guy if there was some concrete. Yeah, he was never charged, correct? No. Correct. He was announced that he was being investigated or he was a person of interest or what have you. Right. So I, I would assume that nothing came but up. But that was leading a charge of Pirates fans to say, get rid of this guy. We don't want anything to do with him. You shouldn't you know, even be trying to bring him back into the country. They, there were a lot of people, and there were articles published in the Post-Gazette saying just cut ties with this guy, three DUIs, you know, multiple DUIs, allegations of wrongdoing. Now uh, the bats have gone quiet. Chicago. People are like, you know what, give Sexual him a misconduct. second chance. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's, I guess that's a decision every fan's got to make. Give you another reason to not go to the park is, is if you need one. Do you think attendance is going to pick up? We got through the Arts Fest rainy season. God bless the Arts Fest folks who work their butts off and constantly deal with uh, with rain. But uh, pirates Slugging always have their to deal wares with out there. crappy uh, spring weather, too. And usually it's right about now when attendance picks up. Yeah, and it's right about now that they're playing their worst ball of the season on, on top of a lot of people staying away already. So I think they're going to have to do something fairly significant to get people's attention again. Mm-hmm. I was surprised last homestand that it didn't pick up then. Because that was your marker, correct? Yeah. Well, they're one uh, game below five hundred. One, one under. And hey, if you do go, there's a lot of room. It's nice. You can spread out in the seats. <laughs> Lines are short at the restroom exactly and the beer the, stand. Hard, hard to use that as the uh, center of your nobody marketing goes there campaign. anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah, Yogi uh, Bear right up. Steve Byrne would say a, a lightly attended show. He's like, you know what I like? I like knowing if there's a fire. We're all getting out. <laughs> That's We're all getting another, out safe. Another good reason. You can right. hold the door for somebody. There you go. You know, last pirate game I went to, uh, I had a, basically a section to myself, and it took me back to my old days going to Penn's games when I'd get a ticket up in D, and by the end of the first period, I was down on the glass. <laughs> Dude, the last years of Three River Stadium, I used to go to Pirates games, and you could have a section to yourself and just sit there. You could sit in the outfield like, yeah. and be one of five people. You know, if there's a foul ball or a home run, you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to finish my beer and then go pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to run. There's uh, traffic is less of a concern. Parking. All of that. 
A lot of good stuff going on in the shore right now. Enjoy the the sparse crowds. (laughs) Have you followed at all what's going on with the Caps and the Stanley Cup? An absolute party. Ovechkin is not giving it up. He's had it for five days. Jeremy Roenick tweets uh, yesterday, I'm sorry, Saturday, quote, the Stanley Cup hasn't left Ovechkin's hands since they won. This guy is on a full bender, absolutely loving it, as he should. Hashtag Russian machine. The Washington Post tried to keep track of it over the weekend. Uh, Here are some excerpts from uh, the Post-Stanley Cup follow article today. Uh, Since winning the Stanley Cup on Thursday night, the Capitals' party hasn't ended. They partied hard overnight and into Friday morning on the Vegas Strip. They partied Friday on the flight back to Dulles and then at a bar in Clarendon. I assume that's in Virginia. They showed up at Nationals Park on Saturday to a boisterous crowd, then sat in a skybox and drank beers for nine innings. I then saw they, that. Then they made it to Georgetown, cup in tow, and the revelry continued. Apparently, the Capitals had quite a bit to drink, but they have good reason to celebrate. They dislike shirts. They like fountains. They're in favor of partying with the general public. And part of this article has a bunch of tweets just from citizens who ran into the Caps um, Spotting them like the uh, the naked jogger down Yeah, They had a party bus. Uh, they were inviting people onto the bus as they went from bar to bar. They went to a tattoo parlor. Andre Burkowski, uh got a Stanley Cup champs 06-07-2010 tattoo. Jacob Verona got the cup and a couple of hockey sticks. And Did some- you see how blotto he was, Mike? Oh, my God. He's that- lifting up his shirt to show you his wrist tattoo. He's wearing short sleeves. <laughs> That's how hammered he was. Brayden Holtby uh, got a gay pride hat from uh, a girl that was mm-hmm. at one of the bars, and he was wearing that around. According to uh, the, the tweets, and these are just tweets from the public, so the accuracy is, you know, take it for what it's worth. But Ovechkin apparently made it till 11.20 p.m. on Saturday night, and then he had to go home and crash. Uh, the party continued uh, at a club at DuPont Circle into the night. Ovi got it back at uh, 4 p.m. Sunday, uh, took it for sushi, took it to the grocery store. There was a barbecue. Then the coaches had a party yesterday with the cup. They are uh, they are going crazy. Uh, at one point, it was on the roof at a club in Georgetown, and somebody you can't tell from the pictures holding it up over his head. And somebody tweeted, at what point do the cup minders get nervous? Probably when Ovi was having intercourse with it. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. He, he woke up with it, posted that picture of him in a bed, and it looked like like a like a morning after Motel shot. Eight or something. <laughs> right. I bring this up not to turn the knife, but just as a reminder of how much fun Pittsburgh had with the Cup the last two years. PFT commenter joins us at nine fifteen from Pardon My Take Barstool Sports Pardon My Take podcast. He's a long suffering Caps fan who is finally. Finally getting to experience his He's been on a bender. Oh, yeah, he has. So we'll talk with PFT commenter coming up 9-15. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford this morning. Val's on vacation today. This past Saturday, Bill and I made our way to Sean Casey's Miracle League Field in the South Hills. And uh, it was a remarkable experience. That's the first time I've been out there. Oh, is it? Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome park. This is the first time I've seen games. Okay. Um, I've taken my kids to to that park, and obviously, it's one of the coolest parks anywhere in the country. I think. Oh, there's no doubt about it. It is flat out 
the model for what they want to achieve with these fields across the country. Yep. And it, when we got there, there, I mean, these these kids are playing. Everybody has a buddy. All the kids have a buddy to help them get from you know home plate to first, first to second, uh, and, and helps them in the, the field. field. Right. So, and anybody who's twelve and older can volunteer to be a buddy. You just go to the Mil- Miracle League of South Hills website, which I believe is Miracle League SouthHills.org, and. They have the national anthem. All the parents are there. It is a nonstop, just, it, it, it is a feel-good afternoon or yeah. morning, depending it's on when magic. you go. But the impact that this field has on people and, and the families of these kids is remarkable because, you know, I'd never really considered the fact that, so these kids get a buddy. So they got, like, you know, uh, some other kid from their school maybe. Yep who didn't know them or wouldn't have interacted with them before. And now all of a sudden at school, they're like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, they make a connection with somebody uh, outside of their disability, which yeah. is a tough thing for these kids to do. And it also gives parents a rest. Like they get to hang out for an hour and watch their kid play and smile and have a great time. And it, it achieves so many great things in one fell swoop. It is remarkable that we don't make bigger strides towards having things like this uh, in many different facets of life because it is so clearly makes a difference. If you go out and see it, you're just like, what, why can't we do this everywhere for right. any kid that wants to be involved? Because aside from just it being possibly a friend, think about it. Like it could be a cousin, an uncle that, that really wants to connect with their family member, but doesn't really know right. how. And this is, this provides such a fun day for them. They come up to bat there, you know, uh, there's a pitcher there, sort of pitching them the ball, or if their um, disabilities call for it, they they bat off the tee, mm-hmm. and then they just they get to hear the cheers of people going crazy when they run the bases, and it's just and it's awesome. the The field, of course, is a special material that allows like all the wheelchairs, walkers, uh, and, and it'll handle any device like that 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 helps the kids get around so they don't have to like push it through dirt or something like that or right. over a base. So it is a special made surface playing surface. It's a specially made ball so that it doesn't hurt anybody. And some of those kids were really putting a wallop on it, man. Oh, yeah. A couple of home runs. Right. It was, I mean, they, and they're thrilled. They it's have beyond belief. And they have nicknames. Like the oh, announcers yeah. were like, you know, coming to the plate, Iron Man, crazy legs, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but the kids were smiling ear to ear, and the parents are too, and it's a, it's a great place. I told Sean I want to do a DVE day out there, and we'll get Donnie Iris oh, that'd be great. to sing the national anthem, maybe get the Clarks guys out there pitching, and get Sean McDowell doing the you know Dr. Johnny Fever announcements. Now batting, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. <laughs> Fun fact. Dude, Molly was- Hatchett played five miles from here in 1976. <laughs> It was a world fair. No, we'll have to do that. But uh, just want to say thanks so for awesome. to Casey for uh, for hosting us this past Saturday morning. And uh, you had the girls out there. Yeah. And uh, the, yeah, the, the expose, playground is amazing. I mean, it's it's really top notch. There's there's no park that looks like that anywhere in Pittsburgh. It actually looks like Pittsburgh. There's a bridge, and there's the Highmark Building, and there's the Steel Building. There's the Point. Yeah, it's made to look you like know. the Clemente Bridge at PNC Park jutting through uh, center left there. So it's really, really cool. And uh, once again, thanks, Case, for uh, for having us out there. A happiest of birthdays to our friend 
Bill Burr. He is 50. 50. 50. Old Freckles is 50. Nah, I mean, uh, we've both known Bill a long time, and uh, he couldn't be happier for his success, and he continues to do it the right way. Like Bartnick always says, he, uh, he, he's got the belt. He does. He's the world champion. Here's Burr's last time in studio. Bill Burr's uh, joining us right now in studio. Dude, I'm sorry about the traffic. It's brutal. No, it wasn't bad. For some reason, the, the ways or whatever said uh, it was going to be like 50 minutes. Yeah. And then it was just once we got through the tunnel. Yeah, that's all it ever is. Mm. Oh, it all right. Completely screws things up. Benham eventually, tonight, you dude. guys are going to have to build another tunnel. No, whatever. Just because <laughs> no, you guys did a big dig eventually in Boston. Eventually, you're going to have to just, all you got to do is just drill through. Do another bridge. <laughs> fire up those stacks down there at the mall. Get some steel going. Those don't work. They don't work. Those are just those, for those show. Are just for look <laughs> it's a brew pub now. I was going to say, some hipsters probably use it to make their own beer or some crap Pickles. like that. The, uh, <laughs> the Big Dig in Boston, it sucked for so long, but now it's awesome. Oh, now yeah, that the it's Big no, Dig. No, it isn't. No? Aesthetically, it's great. And we got federal money, and we got in trouble for yeah, that, Yeah, but you too. get right from the airport to downtown in, like, no time now. That's, what, well, that's, you must have gone there on a holiday. I must have because last <laughs> yeah, no, because what they did was they 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 took the whole thing and they put it underground and they added no lanes. And when you get They're off, hiding the traffic. Yeah, it's when you get off, they'll have like one lane and one giant like breakdown lane for first responders, whatever they call, whatever they call, whatever they call firemen now. I can't stand that. Why? It's so stupid. What do you mean? First of all, you're not a first responder. It's like, I called you. <laughs> right? You don't have ESP. Everybody is, a, everybody is a first responder. You're doing a morning radio show. You're a first responder. I'm a round of applause. Dude, it's that ever since 9-11, it's they got... All this taxpayers in this guilty thing of anybody in a uniform, you have to drop to your knees and borderline, you know what? It's just like. Three seconds in, the fireman. A plumber is a first responder. You got a backed up toilet, and whoever shows up first, they they are. How about a round of applause for this guy? He he should get on the plane first. Babies and first responders, please board. Oh, dude, you cannot buy a seat close enough to the Pilot, you still have to, you still got to wait for like fifty people. I'm finally making money where I can ride up front, and it's like anybody with a baby, anybody who owns a hardware store. How about responders? It's like I'm gonna pay two grand for a ticket. How about that guy? What can I get on? Yeah, yeah, here we go. Kermit the Frog. Everyone does a Kermit the Frog, but then the, the Kermit the Frogs turn into a Aaron Neville. <laughs> 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 Radio station. <laughs> to a boss guy. Not call you. And then turns into, yeah, Danny Glover turns into, uh, you stay away from my family. Lily Neeson. You stay away. And then Mark Wahlberg. He's still everywhere. He's in Star Wars. Oh, the Force is with you, but you're not a Jedi yet. Huh? Darth Vader? You're my father? I don't think so. Darth Wahlberg, get out of here. Darth Wahlberg. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Pablo Show. Francisco just uh, uh, going crazy there. Yes. As he often does. He is a remarkable impressionist. But like, there are times where he's like Robin Williams-esque going out on tangents. I have no idea where he's yeah. going. He's spinning around and... What is happening in his brain? A thousand miles an hour. It's just crazy. Uh, on the way for you, 915 PFT commenter from Barstool Sports Pardon My Take podcast will be joining us to talk about Ovi and the cup celebration and how crazy that has been. It seemingly has not left his 
Side. His side the entire time. He slept with it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Stanley Cup to come out and say, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and give birth to, I don't know, the AHL trophy? What is that? <laughs> yeah, which, which trophy does it give birth to? Um, Val's off today, a well-deserved vacation, and she's probably they probably decided to build something else yeah. on their uh, they're I think they're compound. tunneling. They're tunneling. She's starting a wild, wild country compound down there. Yeah. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. She's going to come back and be just like that chick from Wild Wild Country. She's going to start dressing in all like, like mar- maroon hues and... <laughs> <laughs> I love Val it, so it could much. Happen. It's crazy. It's just she Carnegie cult. She is rebuilding everything mm-hmm. from the ground up. Yeah. They just keep building more stuff. Do it. What are, oh, put a second story on that garage. <laughs> you know, make it a carriage house. The Taj Maval. What did I call it? I had something yeah. for it. There was that wasn't it. It wasn't? No, it was something like that. At any rate, uh, I'm doing news, and this is Valhalla. Uh, Valhalla, there you go, perfect. Valhalago. No, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain's funeral is on hold because his body is stuck in France. Where I mean, not literally stuck. Is uh, he committed suicide on Friday? The 61 year old television chef mother says the French government will not allow his body to be shipped back to the United States just due, uh, just yet, due to formalities. He was in the country filming an episode of his show, Parts Unknown. Bourdain's body was reportedly found by a friend inside his hotel room. We've already talked a lot about it this morning. Mm -hmm. It's been tough to get through the weekend without being reminded of it. It, it, They were showing Parts Unknown and um, No Reservations on loops on CNN. Uh, And uh, his death was going to have an impact for a long time for a lot of different reasons. One, because he was beloved. And two, because for those people who are struggling, he would have seemed to be a person that they could look to as a source of strength. And to see no somebody doubt. lose their battle who was as seemingly strong as Anthony Bourdain, that can be a tough thing. So um, if you can reach out to somebody you think that's struggling, that's great. Uh, if you are struggling, there are people willing to help you. The toughest thing is getting people when they're in that position to actually go and seek help, as we've talked about. Right. And you know what was crazy to me watching CNN over the weekend? Because I kept tuning in just to see what they had. And obviously they had marathons of the shows you just mentioned. But they also had like these tribute shows. And I'm always like just creeped out by the readiness that they have. Like they, it seems like something happens and they have like these tragedy packets just ready to go. Where they have like interviews Mm -hmm. and you know the music and the footage and just reflecting on something that happened like that day well yeah news organizations do that a lot of times for people who are expected to die but you know something like anthony bourdain you wouldn't think they would be ready to go right yeah uh the broadway musical the band's visit is making headlines for sweeping this year's tony awards i never heard of it me neither but you know we're not theater goers if this is about like Rick Denko and Robbie Robertson coming to your house, I'm all for it. That's what I thought it was. It nabbed all seven awards it was up for during the show last night, including Best Musical. Did you watch any of the Tony Awards? I did not watch one second of them. Nor did I. Producer, or- I was. I honestly was uh, gonna tune in to see the boss. You know, just to see what this version of of his music looks like. I wanted to see Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, sure. Because they actually look like they might be uh, good hosts. Yeah, they're both kind of funny. They both can sing really well. 
They How about have weird noses? Rachel Bloom, the girl from My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or whatever, she was on stage, and Neil Patrick Harris tweets out, who is this girl on stage just saying, like, liking you know over and over again? I mean, what's the deal with that? And she tweets back at him, hi, we've met several times. My husband was a writer on your show for five years. He wrote the episode where Barney met his dad. You, you know, we know each other. And, she, and he's like, oh, uh, hi, how is it backstage? <laughs> Oops. Is it what do you how do you think uh, what are your thoughts about that when somebody claims to not know you or, or doesn't remember you at what point do you get mad? Um around the fifth time <laughs> I just say, "You know what? I'm done meeting you." Like I just I don't now I don't want to meet you. I aggressively do not want to be introduced to you again. Because I don't care. It's not a big deal, but it's like it's obnoxious now because I feel like an idiot. Because I remembered you after meeting you five times. But then I've been on the other side of that where somebody goes, hey, uh, I'll say, now I, you know what I do? This weird thing where I don't know if I met someone. I say, hey, good seeing you again. Could be the first time I'm seeing them. I always, uh, I just, I lie and just say, yeah, we've, met, to. we've met before. And they're like, even if we haven't. Because that way it's like a safety, you know, and they're oh, like, we have. We have? And then I, I make uh, up a scenario. I'm like, you know yeah. what? You know, I, I go, you remember up. it was at a tailgate. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get you mixed up with Kate Moss. You model, right? Dude, no. I don't model. I'm a guy. We've met before. Um, at any rate, uh, producer Orrin Wolf of the Tony Awards spoke about diversity while the cast and crew of the band's visit accepted the win. The musical also won for Best Direction, Lead Actor and Actress, Featured Actor, an original score. Some of the cast performed last night as well. And again, I didn't watch it, but uh, everyone seemed to uh, really enjoy the the Tonys, especially De Niro. You know who I want to see perform, <laughs> honestly? Anybody from that Bronx Tale musical. Now you can't leave. Right. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> We've got coffee cakes mush. <laughs> Actor Vince Vaughn is in hot water after he was arrested in California. Police say the Chicago area native and a male passenger were taken into custody early on suspicion of uh, drunken driving yesterday. Drunk, drunken driving. I said it like Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Is it uh, drunken driving? The arrest happened after Vaughn was pulled over at a DUI checkpoint in Hermosa Beach. Vaughn nice. is known for appearing in such films as Swingers, Wedding Crashers, and Hacksaw Ridge. He must have been crushed. Yeah. Because if he was even close, you would think the cops would be like, all right, you live down the street, Mr. Vaughn, get right. home. And he's a big fella, and he can throw them back for sure, like several. There were so many movies Vince Vaughn did where you, like, even in Wedding Crashers, there's, like, scenes where you're watching where you you just think to yourself, oh, man, he got blown out the night before they filmed this. <laughs> like, he was yeah. definitely partying hard yeah, he the had, night before they shot those, this scene. He had those puffy hangover oh, eyes dude, all the for, time. like, 10 years. I know. I know. And he didn't yeah. have to have them. He's a Hollywood guy, but that's how banged up he's getting. You know he's like rolling out of bed. Got to get the call. <laughs> um, I hope everything's all right. It's funny because at the end of this, it's like Vaughn is known for appearing in such films as Swingers, Wedding Crashers, and Hacksaw Ridge. And it reminds me of how Gene Collier said that AP stories always had to finish with the somebody's stats if it was a sports figure. So like a pitcher could have murdered 30 people 
after his career. Mm-hmm. And the story about him being a mass murderer would end with, in 1978, he won 15 games for the Dodgers <laughs> right. with a 3-0 ERA. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... He's best known for pitching a complete game right. <laughs> in the World Series uh, before he murdered before. 30 <laughs> innocent people. The members of Queens of the Stone Age are paying tribute to the late chef, author, and television personality Anthony Bourdain. Over the weekend at a festival in Denmark, the band honored the late CNN Parts Unknown host with a performance of Long Slow Goodbye. Frontman Josh Homme knew uh, Bourdain having appeared on Parts Unknown before going on to record the theme song for the popular Emmy-winning program. Bourdain died, of course, uh, over the weekend, as we uh, had previously mentioned. Parts Unknown, highly recommend the Berlin episode. They they talk about the the history of the, the wall coming down, and they talk about David Bowie going there in 77, before the wall came down, and going over there to just sort of work on... Um, his new music and and a lot of artists go and live over there and and take that culture in and just the way that he did that show the stories that he tells like he sort of tells a history of a place through people like he'll mm-hmm. t- he'll let them tell their story and then he adds stuff to it and it's just I mean it's just such a tremendous show I'm definitely going out and getting his book Kit- Kitchen Confidential because I've heard that that's a great book yeah everybody and, raves uh, about that book. You know, he's just a special guy. He's just unique. Just a really unique person. Law enforcement officials are investigating after a man was found dead in his car at the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. Organizers said the 32-year-old man was found Friday morning on the Manchester, Tennessee Festival's campground. Investigators say no foul play is suspected, but the cause of death remains under investigation. The incident marks the first death at the festival since 2015. It started a long time ago, though, so it means they've had a couple of deaths, but... Uh, somebody in their car sleeping. Yeah. yeah, can't sleep in the car. Well, you have to sometimes if you're camping. He probably yeah, just got roll a window down. Who knows? I mean, uh, there are lots of extracurricular activities happening at those festivals. And finally, pickle lovers rejoice. Bill, you're a pickle lover. Hey, I don't like the way that came out. Sonic is offering up a pickle juice slushy starting today for those who would rather ease into drinking pickles. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because that's a demographic that exists. Added to any drink of the drive-in. Hey, you know, I've been meaning to get into drinking pickles, but I don't know how. It's kind of weird, right? Uh, It's real weird. Do you ever do a pickleback shot? I've done it. Do I do it? No. If somebody says, hey, want to do a pickleback. What? How did that ever come into existence? I don't know. Someone figured out how to do a shot of pickle juice after you do a shot of whiskey, right? Isn't that I thought it it was like a... Nickelback tribute band that came out all dressed as pickles. <laughs> but apparently it I don't know, it helps nullify the uh the alcohol want to throw up taste. Uh-huh. Uh and finally, according to a new survey, the average person doesn't think they're grown up until age 33. Here are the top 10 signs that you're not grown up and you're still an adult child. Oh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for us. <laughs> Number one, binge watching an entire season of a TV show in a weekend. Oh, my God. Totally guilty. That's happened. Getting a tattoo. No. I haven't done that yet. No, that's get, not getting a tattoo is the new getting a tattoo. Being in a group text chats with your friends. That does it. Come on. Everyone does that. About uh, getting a tattoo. My parents do that. Oh, yeah. We have a family group text. 
using Snapchat selfie filters. You definitely do that. I do that, but I don't. I don't post them. I do that just to mess around with my nieces and nephews. Like yeah, we that- just send funny videos to each other. Buying a pair of limited edition sneakers. Uh guilty. <laughs> you're, guilty. You're a sneaker head though. What what's that called when you're a sneaker freak? Isn't there a name sneaker for it? Sneakerhead. Sneakerhead? Yeah. Shouldn't it be a foot? Nope. Listening to pop music. I mean, I don't know. While you, you're buying exclusive sneakers. Voting for someone on a reality singing show. See, now I think lots of adults do that. Oh, for sure. And I don't, does it count if it's a Pittsburgher? No. Definitely does not. If people are voting for Gabby, that's not childish. I agree. That's civic pride. Going to a music festival means you're not a a full-grown adult. You're still an adult (sighs) child. Well. I I haven't been to a music festival in years. I go to a couple of them. Yeah. A year. But I don't. though, right? I love them. Yeah, to me, it's it's my happy place. uh, Regularly raiding your cupboards for cookies. Ooh. Dude, everybody does that. That doesn't mean you're an adult child. Yeah. My dad used to Pretty eat sure a half. My like, dad does that still. My dad used to eat out of a half gallon of ice cream, sitting in a chair watching the news every night. Heavenly hash. That was, oh, that's so good. Yeah, he loved that. Do they a, make that? Anymore? I don't think so. It's probably like tons of carcinogens in it. It had. <laughs> There's lead. <laughs> turns out the hash was actually lead. We screwed up. We could paint the house with this. It had big pockets of marshmallow in it. You remember that? Yeah. And you felt like you were excavating looking for the marshmallow, like you were a, like a 49er. Well, my favorite ice cream growing up was Rocky Road. And it had- It was a cousin to Heavenly it, Hash. It had yeah. uh, the marshmallow and it had the almonds. Oh, yeah. <sighs> also, uh, you're not a full-grown adult. You're still an adult child if you use a funny phone case. <laughs> hey, look at this goofy face I got on my cell phone. I I used to have one that it it looked like a uh, a camera, like an old like oh, stupid yeah. camera. I know what you're talking about. A lot of people have like ones that look like cassettes. Yeah, or stuff. You know, that's cool. that's what, it was like a series. Someone got me like I had three of them. One was a cassette. One was a camera. And I don't remember what the third one was. Look, I still definitely do a lot of that stuff, but I'm adulting so hard right now. You mowed the lawn. Nobody, listen. I mowed the lawn. I'm looking at YouTube videos of. Different types of grass. Yeah. I mean, what do you, you know, I'm I'm way in deep on the adulting. You're doing fine. So, so I'm not worried about eating cookies or buying sneakers. Some things that just missed the top 10 are waiting in line for a new iPhone. Well, what are you supposed to do? Chugging beer? What are you supposed to do? While you're waiting to get an iPhone. Using a selfie stick. Uh, dumping someone because you are, you're not ready for anything serious. And uh, dyeing your hair crazy colors. So there you go. That's how you, you know. You know, the only thing that I really miss about being single, hmm. and I fantasize about this quite a bit, is dumping people. <laughs> you fantasize about Anything dumping Anything being a deal breaker. Yeah, just leaving them. Just kind of like, this is it. Can't deal with you. I'm out of here. This relationship sucks. <laughs> when you're just waiting for something, you got to do the passive-aggressive make them break up with you. Just yeah. be... Just Ben Affleck your way out of the relationship. What do you mean I'm terrible for the last two months and you're going to break up with me? I don't deserve this. Is it because I've been binge watching my favorite (laughs) shows every weekend? 
Mike's got your sports when we come back from the commercial break. Buckos in uh, Chicago over the weekend. Tough Friday, Saturday. They get one back yesterday, just under 500. PFT commenter from Pardon My Take podcast joining us at 915 to revel in the Stanley Cup victory for his Washington Capitals. That's on the way. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on, man? Say this much for the Pirates. Uh, They know how to avert a sweep. At least they did yesterday in Wrigley Field. Josh Harrison got things started off with a leadoff home run through the fog and into the bleachers for a 1-0 lead. It wasn't exactly the homer in the gloaming, but uh, it was what the Bucs needed at the time. And then they got what they needed from Ivan Nova. Back on the mound, off the disabled list, and looking like Ivan Nova. Five and two-thirds innings, four hits, one run. It was earned two walks and eight strikeouts in a 7-1 to victory. The Pirates settle for one out of three in Wrigley over the weekend, even though they gave up just six runs in the three games. Not Encouraging all. for them, at least, you know? Uh, at least, although uh, not without uh, some more questions. Uh, I mentioned Nova coming off the DL. They had to get him activated. So Nick Kingham got sent back to AAA Indianapolis. Uh, the question, did the Pirates make the right choice in terms of their rotation moving forward? Kingham had pitched very well on Saturday. Um, here's how I see it. You got uh, Joe Musgrove, who starts tonight in Arizona. He's not going anywhere. Nope. Jamison Tyone's not going anywhere. They want him to be the horse of the rotation. Right. They're going to keep sending him out there. And uh, Ivan Nova is here to pitch every fifth day at least right now. So he comes off. Uh, that uh, leaves you with uh, Trevor Williams or Chad Cool or Kingham. Uh, Kingham went 2-3 and three with a 3.82 ERA and a 0.999 walks, hits to innings, pitched ratio in six starts, 35 in the third innings. He has looked very good way more often than not. What he's done has been pretty encouraging. But Chad Cool's 4-4. Four and four. 3.95 and 13 starts, 73 innings. He's got 58 career starts under his belt. And Trevor Williams is 5-3, and three, 4.18 in 13 starts, 71 innings. He's got 39 career starts. So the Pirates made the decision to go with the more experienced guys for the time being. And uh, I can't say it's the wrong decision. Uh, they know what they have in Nick Kingham, a developing guy. And, you know, Things, it's a long season. They're probably going to need them again. Things change. Uh, there's still a lot of golf left, and they know at least they can uh, call upon this guy if they need him again, and they probably will need him again at some point, either an injury or who knows. Maybe uh, Ivan Nova lights it up for a month and they trade him. <laughs> Anything's possible. Uh, 32 and 33 heading to Arizona. The Diamondbacks will welcome the Pirates with a 35 and 29 record. That is the best in the National League West. They have won three in a row. It's Musgrove against Patrick Corbin tonight. Musgrove's 2-1, and 1.89. Corbin's 6-2 with a 2.87 ERA. Uh, Young Ho Gung is also on the move. He's leaving Class A Bradenton, and he is scheduled to play for Triple A Indianapolis tonight. Ten hits, three homers, and 11 RBI in seven games for Bradenton. We know this much. The uh, year and a half off didn't prevent him from being able to dominate Class A pitching. So they got that going for him. Yeah, that's good. Steelers are getting ready for mandatory veteran minicamp. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. 
on the south side. They finished up OTAs last week in number one pick. Terrell Edmonds pronounced himself up to speed after completing OTAs. Oops, sorry, Mike. Now you're good. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Uh, they told me that it wasn't going to be like a insane jump from the guys that uh, previously went to Virginia Tech, but it's, it's definitely been a little bit of a jump from college, so still trying to compete, get ready to throw on the pass and really play some real football now. Yeah, the pads won't come on until training camp, but uh, that's going to be a big part of Edmonds' game. He's looked pretty good in his initial steps here as a pro, but he's a hitter, and he really needs the contact to show the Steelers exactly what he can do. Uh, kid does not lack confidence. He is ready for uh, any and all responsibilities the Steelers are willing to throw at him. Yeah, it's all go now. It's no more you're a rookie because you got to step up. It's either you got to make a play or you're not going to make a play. There's no time to think about that. You're just here still learning because it's going to move on without you if you don't learn it. So you got to pick it up fast, and now it's time to get right and put on the pass. Yes, he, he, mentioned, like uh, he mentioned pads twice there. Apparently he likes pads. Yeah. You're a Pats guy. Hey, Terrell, what time is it? It's 2.30. You know, I'm really looking forward to putting on the pads, getting out to the trope. He and um, the quarterback, uh, Mason Rudolph, really looked at home throughout that OTA process. Now, I mean, they're, they're high picks. They're accomplished players. They, they shouldn't look like they're taking their first steps on the moon, but they just... They seemed very comfortable, very much. Their personalities came out a lot. There didn't seem to be a lot of indecision with whatever they did. Um, in terms of being comfortable in their environment, at least, those two guys look like they're right where they need to be. And uh, we'll see where that takes them. Uh, mandatory veteran minicamp starting tomorrow. French Open over the weekend. Rafael Nadal won his 11th French title and his 17th. Grand Slam, that's uh, three away from the men's record held by Roger Federer. On the women's side, Serena Williams uh, captured her first major in 16 months and her 23rd major championship. Uh, it'd be fun to see Le'Veon Bell showing up now that Wiz Khalifa said that they've been hanging out together. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. Um, sign the contracts, sign the contracts. Oh, you don't think he's going to show up? No, I don't. Oh. He has taken. You know, he's been disrespected and villainized and vilified and. Well, Pittsburgh's favorite rapper has taken Le'Veon Bell under his wing. Oh, good. Uh-huh. You know what it is. That's my man, he told TMZ. Everything they do, they do it big. ID Labs out in Aetna is uh, where they've been working together. I, You know, a guy that's been nailed for smoking weed two times already, hanging out with Wiz Khalifa. Oof. It's like trying to quit pastries and hanging out with Rick Seaback. It's not <laughs> – you can't. You're going to get a contact high at you least. Get, well, hey, if you, could, if you could survive that environment, you ought to be able to survive just about any environment, right? Yeah, that's one way to look at it, certainly. Coming up at 9.15, PFT commenter from Pardon My Take podcast is going to join us and uh, talk about the cup celebration that uh, Ovi and the Washington yeah. Capitals have been partaking in, and it has been extraordinary. Braids tomorrow. It's been Stanley Palooza up until this point. The Penguins, the last two, particularly the one in 16, it, didn't it feel like 2009 was 100 years ago? Yeah. Because they, they had such high aspirations every year in between and they didn't get there. Imagine if you had never done it 
and you were supposed to do it about six times in the last eight years, right. and, and it didn't happen. Right. And then it finally happens. They got to be going just crazy. Oh, yeah. Ballistic down there. There's video evidence all over the internet. I saw that picture you mentioned of Barana holding up the <laughs> sleeve up his of his sleeve. short sleeve shirt to show a tattoo on his forearm. On his wrist. <laughs> That's how hammered he was. I, think was I don't good. hate seeing them celebrate as much as I thought I was no. going to. No, it's I a did it the first. sport, right? And it's hockey does this better than any sport you could possibly imagine. Uh, the, the people actually get to be involved in it and touch the cup and get pictures with these guys. And Think it, about if, if social media had been as prevalent as, as it is now in 91, 92, or even in 09 when those guys brought the cup into Diesel – and Jordan Stahl, and they were just partying on Carson Street with that thing. Yeah, wasn't it hanging out of the window at Mariota's? Yeah, for sure. Max Talbot going crazy. Oh, yeah. Holpe was wearing that uh, gay pride hat that he borrowed from a fan, and it was a female fan, and she tweeted that he was very polite, and he assured me my hair looked really good after I gave him my hat. Oh, that's good Because, you know, you think a chick would yeah, be worried about hat oh, hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just having a blast. We'll talk with PFT commenter from Pardon My Take coming up 9 15 uh, about that very thing. And uh, quick break. We'll be right back here on the DVE. Randy Bauman and the DVE morning show along with Bill Crawford this morning. Zeppelin celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. 50. Now, they're not going to do any reunion shows. Zeppelin is staying away from the reunion show circuit, but uh, surviving members Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, and John Paul Jones took to the band's social media accounts to reveal they've collaborated on a 400-page book entitled Zeppelin by Zeppelin. Oh, because that's what the people have really been clamoring for. Give us something to read. It's a book, a Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin. It's a biography of how we went to the crossroads and met the devil and had a choice. Jimmy, you're even ripping off... Robert Johnson's backstory. No, the no. last four chapters are about Robbie Williams's construction next door to my several, house. Several hundred pages, all the court transcripts of Robbie's egregious <laughs> drilling. I can't even say that. I'm an idiot. Uh, Zeppelin by Zeppelin. It's the first and only official illustrated book. Whoa! To be produced in collaboration Pictures. with the members of the band. Fifty years since their formation, it covers the group's unparalleled musical career. Features photographs of Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham on and off stage in candid moments and in, in the recording studio. The definitive 400-page volume includes previously unpublished photos, artwork from the Zeppelin archives, contributions from photographers around the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they took this picture. Did you see the picture of the three of them? Yeah. Uh, Robert Plant looks like an English bulldog. He really does. I mean, I don't know what that hair is. Jimmy Page looks like a sushi chef, and uh, John Paul Jones looks like uh, you're you're a history teacher. Robert Plant looks like he has a dog bed on his head <laughs> with hair coming out of it. His hair looks like if you were to have found a poodle that had been living on the streets for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. It had a cut recently on top. But just never got the sides cut. Do you know how much stuff they've ripped off through the years? I mean, for those people know, not just the spirit, um, the uh, stairway intro to, right. intro to stairway. I mean, Joan Baez, babe, I'm gonna leave you. 
Like they just straight up took her version of uh, "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You." So they, they did their own interpretation of that. The dude named Jake Holmes, who did Days and Confused before them. I'm Days and Confused, hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and it goes on. And they basically co opted that tune from him. And then a uh, whole lot of love. I mean, they just. Oh, it's Muddy Waters. Sweet and kind. You need love. Baby, way down inside. Woman, you need love. Woman, you need love. Yeah, you know, they wore their influences on the lyric sheet. Mm. Do you think that it's ironic that a lot of Zeppelin fans are pissed off at Greta Van Fleet <laughs> because they think it's a ripoff of Led Zeppelin? Yeah, well... Even though a lot of Led Zeppelin is a ripoff from something else? There's no question. Yeah, there's no question. And- but the music they ha- were putting out, like the way they put it together, the arrangements, the, the sync, the voice... Come on. Zeppelin is a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan. I love all the stuff they did. I acknowledge where they ripped off songs and were disingenuous at best, but that didn't make them any less of a powerhouse musically. They were incredibly powerful. And who, I mean, Robert Plant, nobody's ever, even that kid from Greta Van Fleet, I mean, he's good, but it still sounds to me like he's doing a trick. I don't know. Yeah. It's too early to tell. I like Greta Van Fleet and I like the album, but right now, because somebody was crowning them the next, you know, they're like, oh, they're going to save rock and roll. Donnie Iris sent me a text. He's like, dude, have you see, heard this Greta Van Fleet? They're incredible. Like, people are really excited about them, but I'm going to withhold judgment till uh, they actually put out a full album and, and make a, uh, a career out of it. That EP is really good, though. You know? What if they ripped off Donnie? Then we'd be up in arms. Love is like a stone. Nobody can do Donnie. Like no, other people have uh, too much. Tried like. to do Robert Plant and done a pretty good job, including our friend Pop- Pat Monahan from Train, who was in town this past Saturday night performing with Hall and Oates. When he and Daryl Hall were singing together on Saturday night, man, there were some incredible moments on stage. But uh, if you've never heard him do Zeppelin before, Pat Monahan, here he is doing Ramble On with Train TV.
doing Zeppelin 2. They did the entire album. You can uh, check that out on like Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. iTunes, what, what have you. I just uh, I just downloaded it. Yeah? I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it's pretty badass. And he's an incredible singer. Man. He, oh, he nails it. He was so good this past weekend uh, with Daryl Hall and Joan Oates. Again. Was he just singing with Daryl, though? Like, yeah, just, Oates doesn't, what, you know. What does Oates do in that situation? That's a great question. At one point, he went over to Oates, and he put his arm around him, Pat Monahan did, and like did the, like, let's sing together thing. And uh, I was sitting with my, with my buddy, and we're like, you know that was discussed beforehand, that Daryl's like, hey, man, you got to bring Oates in a little bit on it. He's really yeah. jealous of you. Yeah, don't give Oates the cold shoulder. Cold Oates is... Cold oats. Nobody likes cold Nobody oats. Nobody likes cold oats. Got to have those warm. Was yeah. he wearing any Steeler jerseys? I couldn't see. I was way in the back, and I had a really hard time seeing oats. Again, I wish they would sell oats binoculars with their merch so that everybody <laughs> can get a good get a good view of oats during the concert. Because, yeah, like, everyone's... Well, why don't they just show oats on the Jumbotron? They should just have an oats tron. Yeah. 
Just jumbo oats. Jumbo oats. Jumbo oats. <laughs> just have that, just a screen dedicated yeah. to oats. I mean, problem solved. A lot, because there were times where everyone's like, is oats on the stage right where now? Where is he? Where is oats? And then he would like step out from behind a microphone saying, oh, there's, oh, there I think he that's is. oats. Oh my God. He was, yeah, he was underneath that chair. <laughs> How'd he get stuck under there? And then when they left stage, um, uh, it's really cool. Um, Daryl Hall just puts Oates in a baby Bjorn and then walks right right off. And then it, Oates' legs are kicking and he's waving goodbye to everybody. One of those little uh, suitcases for dogs. <laughs> a dog carrier. He just puts Oates in a in a puppy carrier. He puts a he puts a Kong with some peanut butter on it. He gets him free on planes. He's like, this is my therapy, Oates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! <clears throat> uh, PFT commenters coming up here in a little bit. I want to remind everybody: John yeah. Oates sang the national anthem before the game we lost to the Jaguars in the playoffs. Oh no! He's O for one. He's Oates for one. It's a curse, curse of Oates, cursed Oates. PFT commenter from uh, Barstool Sports, part of my Take podcast, coming up at nine fifteen here on the D. Let me tell you something. You know, every once in a while, you get a nice special guest. At the last second. And uh, we are special. Very fortunate to have our next guest, who actually, it it was so last second, I don't have his introduction lined up, and I refuse to put him on the air without getting the intro music. I got the CD in my car if you want me to run down. (laughs) I know the words by heart. Phil Bork joining us right now. Damn it, I can't find. See, we put it away. We packed it up, Borky. We packed up the introduction song. I actually have uh, nothing on my list of things to do today, so I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Borky, uh, when he gave us a shout during the finals. It was awesome. Can't put him on without that theme, man. It's a good song. If I was him, I wouldn't go anywhere without that theme song being played first. If you had a theme song, wouldn't you want to use it everywhere? Of course. Of course you would. Uh, coming up, handed to a person before I walked in a store. Can you put this on? Sorry. Break up your mix for a second here, H and M. I'm trying to buy a T-shirt, and I need to hear this. Um, mine would be the Doobie Brothers. It keeps you running. I don't know why. <laughs> I watched the behind the music of the Doobie Brothers. I've been on a behind the music run, and the beginning oh, yeah? of that song just makes me laugh every time I it gotta, came on. I got to see that one. I haven't seen that one. It's not worth watching. It's so not good. You watched the Hall and Oates one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. It's terrific. Very good. I didn't know he had Lyme disease. Hey, man, that's pretty serious. I know it is. And Stop a lot of treating it like it's nothing. They did for him, which was total BS. Well, how did, did he get bit by a deer? What happened? Deer. Deer tick, you moron. They don't. <laughs> deer don't bite you. I know. Think of the song. I don't know why, but if that could uh, play every time I walked in somewhere, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> Randall Bowman. <laughs> it's so dumb sounding Here the beginning comes. of it. Hey, how are you? Hey, good to see you. Hey, what's going on over there? Yeah, all right. I think mine will be separate Ooh. ways. <laughs> <laughs> journey oh yeah why not do it up uh fun highly fact. recommend by the way highly highly recommend 
the journey behind the music. I mean, we've talked oh, about it a God. ton, but it's just so good. It's hilarious. They're all the sticks behind. Look, the sticks behind the music. We did the recap of it last week. Yeah, that is the gold standard of behind the music. It was so. It made Dennis DeYoung look so bad. They re-edited it. Oh, they did. They took out tons of stuff of him <laughs> crying and his cried. wife crying. Yeah. Oh no! Why did he cry? Because he got kicked out of the band like three times, and he wrote all of the songs. Imagine being so despised by people that you brought them world fame, and they still wanted to kick you out of their band. I mean, if a guy in your band is saying things like this. Then in 1995, Styx suddenly had new life. A&M wanted to repackage our greatest hits, and they wanted to get the rights to do Lady. And um, wouldn't Nickel wouldn't allow it. But there's a loophole in the contract which said if you re-recorded it, you could do it. So I came up with the idea of re-recording the song with Tommy. <laughs> Tommy and JY went to Dennis's house. Hi, Tommy. And they harmonized together for the first time since 1984. You're my lady. <laughs> and I sang that high note, and <laughs> it got me the job in the first place. And it was fun. It seemed like oh, it seemed like the past was kind of behind us. It was great. Tommy, JY, and Dennis decided to take the Sticks reunion on tour. The next year, they marked the 20th anniversary of their breakout album, Grand Illusion. It was a short tour. Dennis had a prior commitment to stage his musical adaptation of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. All the time we were on tour with Sticks, I was flying to New York and Nashville and Chicago casting for the Hunchback premiere that was going to be in September. Hunchback. A few months after the premiere, Dennis suffered a devastating bout with the flu. I had really worked myself physically and emotionally to, to a nub. There was nothing left to fight back, and the thing just decimated me. He was very, very tired. We'd gone to like 16 different doctors trying to zero in on why he was tired. Those Chicago accents are hilarious. It sounds like you're going to say the bears at any moment. <laughs> they sound like Mr. Skin Talk. I had a light sensitivity. Uh, at the 17-minute uh. <laughs> mark of the album is when Lady comes on. Uh, hunchback had to work me to a nub. <laughs> like, Dennis, do, do we have to sing this in the bath? Tub? And uh, the upshot of it is um, I, I've become light sensitive. <laughs> Guys, I can't go on. Hey, What's the matter? Why? I'm sensitive to these lights. C guys, cool with the. I wrote a new musical, what? Hunchback the the Hunchback in the Dark. <laughs> Is that cool? Guys, we're gonna do South Pacific this this run. All right. <laughs> so then they kicked him out of the band for the third time. Third time, and he sued him. But as the new lineup enjoyed their rock and roll freedom, Dennis DeYoung was reluctant to accept his enforced exile. He decided to sue the band for control of the Sticks' name. We parted company from Dennis in 1999. Uh, he filed a suit in federal court, a trademark suit over the use of the name Sticks. The result of the lawsuit was that Tommy and JY ended up with the name Sticks. Ultimately, no one is allowed to say they won, but we have the rights to use the name. He got the right to be Dennis DeYoung. You know, he lost. He got the right. Oh. It would have been great if Tommy would have really? been like, hey guys, what do you say we keep the lawsuit going and take his name? <laughs> I can't use Dennis DeYoung anymore. Yeah, exactly. You have to refer to him only as Mr. Roboto. <laughs> That's the only name he can go out on tour with. Poor Dennis DeYoung. Sue him for the toupee, guys. Take the toupee. I don't feel bad for the guy. 
I do. No. He, How? Because he wrote all the stick yeah, songs. but the hit songs were songs they didn't want to do. But they did them and they got I, rich. I know, but, you know, he kept taking them in a direction they didn't want to go. They kicked them out three times. I know, but they kept selling out stadiums because that guy wrote those dumb songs that everybody loves. Come sail away. You know you love that song. I do not love you that song. know you do. Deep down, you do. No. You hate to admit it. If listen, if I was on a boat, if I was on a sailboat, maybe. PFT commenter from Pardon My Take uh, podcast joining us now on the line. Uh, PFT, where do you come down on the band Sticks? Uh, you guys are are already pretty heaven into the off season, aren't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you already done the Mount Rushmore Super Tramp songs? What's, what's going on over there? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we all can't be Stanley Cup champions every year. That's right, buddy. You know what happens. If we don't uh, win the Cup, we try to distract ourselves. And apparently, you've been having a good time with the Cup. Yeah, I've had a great time with the Cup. I honestly can't relate to not winning the Stanley Cup. It's been so long since <laughs> I've been a non-champion. You guys, you know, you, right now what the city of Pittsburgh is going through is basically what I've dealt with for the last uh, uh, 33 years of my life. Um, so I'm making up for lost time. I uh, had a very romantic weekend with the Cup. Uh, did a lot of things I probably can't talk about on the radio to the Cup. Um, but I'll put it this way. Next time Sidney Crosby kisses it, it's going to have a little PFT commenter on it. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. You had a little Sidney Crosby this weekend. That's true. Yeah, when you put it that way, it, it doesn't sound quite as cool. But a lot of people are talking, you know, now, now that Ovechkin's got the cup, the big conversation in hockey now, like, who's the GOAT? Who's, who is the GOAT? Is it Gretzky or is it Ovechkin? Because Ovechkin has already clearly passed. Sidney Crosby for the best player of the modern era. Uh, oh, oh, really? Cements it. Yeah. All right, so what? What is the? It, how are you qualifying that statement? Uh, I don't recall Sidney Crosby ever sleeping with the Stanley Cup, doing cake stands out of it, going swimming in six inches of water in a public fountain. Um, I think what Ovechkin's done after winning the cup has cemented his legacy more than actually winning the cup. Is it more important no to uh, what you do with the cup <laughs> than before the cup? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like champions celebrate like champions. They don't, you know, quietly take the cup back to uh, their mom's basement and <laughs> pucks into a laundry machine. Next <laughs> week. At what well, point do people start getting nervous that they're never going to get the cup off of Ovi? I think they're probably already very nervous about that. I, you know how Bob Bob Kraft got his uh, Super Bowl ring stolen by Putin? Yeah. I'm... I think I – think Putin's going to try to just steal the Stanley Cup. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is how is sure. Putin, now that Putin has a direct line to the Stanley Cup, he's clearly not giving it back once he gets it. They'll, it's like they're going to do the switcheroo and we're going to get some like stupid soft metal version of the Stanley Cup that's an imposter to pass around going forward. How's he going to get his hands on the World Series trophy? I mean, because that'll be the only one he needs after that. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know how he's going to be able to get his hands on that one. Um, that The World Series trophy is actually a weapon. That thing is super strong. That looks like the hammer that killed Trotsky or whatever. Like that <laughs> thing could put, you could brain somebody with the World Series trophy. Yeah. Um, I, I think Putin's definitely going to try to kidnap the cup. It, when it comes back, it's going to be, it's going to have like misspellings all over it for all the, all the previous players on there. Um, I, I think that I, I would be shocked if the Capitals won more than 20 games next year. And I'm totally fine with that. I think they're going to be on like the biggest bender, the biggest, Stanley Cup hangover in the history of the game. And frankly, I'm cool with it. This one championship is going to make it all worth it. True champions go back to back, though. I mean, if you're going to be a true champion, you have to repeat. You can't go out there and lay up, a, 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 you know, do the Blackhawks, like, tank it after, uh, you know, 
Well, they lost after the mm-hmm. first one and then came back, right? Well, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you could also make the argument that the the Capitals won two Stanley Cups this playoffs because uh, <laughs> How, our first that? Stanley Cup was against the Penguins. That was, yeah. like, our championship. <laughs> and then we won the real Stanley Cup. So we've won more Stanley Cups in the span of a month than in any other time in the NHL. So I think dynasty is definitely a word that you can already use to describe the Capitals. <laughs> but I also am totally accepting of the fact that uh, we're probably going to win nine games next year. Has it dawned on you that you and Big Cat are now the part a part of two fan bases that are exactly alike? Cubs fans and Caps fans. Long-suffering, who finally win a championship. They were kind of almost uh, like uh, everybody's mascot. Like, oh, the lovable Cubs fans. Oh, the Caps fans. Maybe one day they'll get it. And now that you've won, you're going to become insufferable. Yeah, well, I, so I'm very aware of the, the danger of that happening. And I, what I don't want is to turn into Philly fans the way that Philly fans turn into Boston fans. Um, so I think, I think we're still being pretty lovable, just enjoying the Stanley Cup and doing weird stuff with it and just openly admitting uh, how much we wanted this and, and uh, you know, what losers we were beforehand. I think as long as we kind of maintain that attitude, we'll be okay. Uh, I don't see the city... I don't see the city of D.C., you know, that's not like that town to get an air, an air of arrogance about them and think that they can tell everybody else what to do. So I, I don't think that's a danger. Are you going to be in D.C. today for the parade? Uh, so the parade's Tuesday. And oh, I was it thinking is. about going down there. But uh, So we have to record part of my take on Tuesday. And honestly, I think I'd just be chasing what I experienced Thursday night. That was a pretty that was a, that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get go out with the Cup in Las Vegas. You no got to hang out with some, the team yeah, post game, right? Your mitts on that thing. Yeah, I. It was a funny story. I was in. I was in this club that I barely got into because I was wearing shorts, and they won't let you into a club in, in Vegas. In, in shorts, Pittsburgh, so you can go everywhere wearing shorts. By the way, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, I I'd never put on pants, and so the security guard made me go buy pants at the Las Vegas hotel. It was like the MGM lobby gift shop, and I got a pair of pants that was about twenty sizes too big. That were just, they looked like the Jinkos. They looked like the clutch jeans, except in khaki form. The clutch jeans. And uh, I had to, I barely got into the club, and then I thought I was getting kicked out because of my ridiculous pants. But it turns out it was just a team of security guards that I guess somebody with the team saw me and and had me escorted over to the cup to drink out of it and i i that was one of those like pinch yourself moments like how did i get to this place i mean awesome Ovi has been doing keg stands out of it he's like singing cheesy songs he had it at the nationals game the other day he's just been hammered publicly ever since you guys won this Mm -hmm. and yeah an underrated guy that's been hammered is uh ron has been probably just as drunk as Ovi. He got a Stanley Cup tattoo on his wrist, and uh, he took a picture of it to put online. And he was so drunk, he was wearing a short sleeve T-shirt, and he was he was lifting the short sleeve <laughs> on his arm up to show the tattoo that was down on his wrist. <laughs> <laughs> so now, all right, uh, uh, off topic on another sports topic while we still have you, uh, PFT commenter from Barstool Sports, pardon my take podcast. Now that Justify has won the Triple Crown, should the president indeed invite the horse to the White House? I think you should absolutely invite him. But as we discussed on this morning's part of my take, um, horses only turn left. So, like, if you think that you're going to get a, a conservative horse to go visit, <laughs> I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point that, he, that the president should consider before inviting him there. Uh, yeah, and also, also it's important to remember historically that 
inviting giant horses to a nation's capital hasn't really turned out too well. <laughs> BFD commenter uh, from Barstool Sports, part of my take podcast. See, so you get a little history there, folks, with your sports, and uh, learning can be fun with uh, Big Cat and PFT commenter. Hey, man, thanks as always. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. I'm glad you got to experience what we've uh, experienced five times over. Yeah, congrats. I'm sure it's you know just as fun for you guys to win it the, the fifth time as it was the first time. Hey, you have to admit, if you could go back in time and win your first Stanley Cup all over again, you'd do it. Um, oh, yeah. The feeling of that? Well, yeah, I, the, I'm sure the difference is there. But there was enough space between the second cup and the third cup and then the third cup and the fourth cup that it was a whole new generation of people who hadn't won it before. That's a good point. I didn't think about that, so you yeah. got me. Yeah. So, we, in essence, every cup is the first cup. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> See you, man. Thanks for having me on. BFD commenter you, from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take podcast, which is those guys are so funny. Yeah, those dudes are funny. Mike's got your sports when we come back uh, in just a little bit. I'm, I have, like, pictures of Ovi on a loop over here, like, chugging out of the Stanley Cup, doing his, – His eyes haven't been open since – the confetti started coming down on the ice. How think of the intestinal diseases he is courting, jumping in that pond and like splishing around in the water, splashing around in the water. I went right to splish. The, the splish. I, splish I, he wasn't splash. splashing. I was only giving him a splish. He went this, He's just splishing. Well, if he don't splash, well, splishing leads to splashing. That is true. It's a gateway splish. Mike has your sports when we return on the DV. They had to take off. He is doing a uh, the golf tournament today, the uh, Foch Fazio Myron Cope tournament that Bill Hillgrove has been running, which I believe benefits autism autism research. Mm-hmm. So he is out at Great the uh, that legendary golf tournament. So uh, in lieu of uh, sports, by the way, I had a buddy in town from Erie this weekend who's a big basketball fan. And he started talking about the tournament, about the finals, you know. And I, yeah. I watched a little bit, not much. And uh, he's like, "How about Durant?" I'm like, "Okay, am I going to play this like I did watch it, and I, or am I yeah. going to just tell him no? I don't want to talk about that." So I was like, "Where'd right. you go with?" I went with, "I'm going to just, I'm going to answer things in a way, like I'm going to be the paddle in the video game Pong. The ball bounces off of and goes back, and I go, how about him?'" And he goes, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, did you see what he did? And I was like, it's incredible, right? (laughs) And then he kept talking about it and everything. And he's like, there's nobody quite like him. And I'm like, a lot of people are making that argument. (laughs) And I wanted to see how far I could go before he was finally like, you didn't, you don't watch in the NBA, do you? And he got distracted and never came. I was just going, oh, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I know. He's awesome. And then I just went, about uh, about Jr. Uh, what's his name? The guy that did the thing in the game, the first one. And he's like, "What an idiot!" And he's like, "Well, of course you know what happened earlier this year." I'm like, "Well, ev- yeah, everybody knows that." Yeah. And to think that it happened again is almost unthinkable. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are saying that. You just trump it the whole way through. A lot of people believe me. A lot of people are saying that. I know. When you look at the finals, when you look at Kevin Durant. And you see the things that he's done. It's remarkable. The uh, new Ocean's 8 movie was number one at the box office this weekend. $41.5 million. Solo came in second. $15 million. 
Ooh. That's up to 176 million in its third week. So it is drastically underperforming. And apparently online, a lot of diehard Star Wars fans are purposely boycotting this film. Why? I don't know because they're mad about The Last Jedi, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, The Last Jedi has some awesome scenes in it, but it, I didn't think it was great. Deadpool 2, up to $278 million in its fourth week. The movie everyone is talking about at fourth, Hereditary, $13 million. You heard about this movie? It's supposed to be like oh, the scariest. I heard about it? <laughs> A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of it. people are talking about it. <laughs> Hereditary, $13 million. It's a super scary movie. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the reviews, right? Course. I mean, you know what everyone's saying there. And then Avengers Infinity War is up to now $654 million in its seventh week. Pretty, pretty good. I'm trying to binge all the uh, the Marvel movies, and it's such a daunting task. I, I crushed five of them in like a week. What'd you watch? I watched the first Captain America, the first oh. Hulk. Was it good? The first, yeah, the first Captain America is awesome. What's the what? Which Hulk did you watch? Uh, the 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 Eric Banner first one where it's um Edward Norton. Wasn't the Eric Banner one before that? Uh, maybe there's so many Hulk. I movies. don't know, but in this this current run of, of okay. movies. So wait, wait, uh, who is who is? It's Ed Norton. Ed Norton, not Mark Ruffalo. Nope. Okay. That changes, obviously, the first Avengers movie. But I've seen that. I've seen uh, the Hulk. I've seen uh, the first Thor, which I didn't like. It was too Kenneth Branagh-y. Like, it was just everything was the lords and the darkness and the world. Shakespearean. I've conquered the world and the, the I'm, everything is about the realm. Everything is just a little too corny for me. But the first You were Iron talking Man like you awesome. burnt the roof of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> The, the realm. <laughs> this pizza joint cooks pizzas very hot. 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 Very hot. Loki does mouth. not like this. Pizza is hot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> and then the first Avengers movie. So it's just. It's too much, dude. It's too much. And then I have, I have like 10 more before I can. I'm trying to see all these movies so that I can go see Infinity War in the theater. And know what the hell's going on. You're basically, you're like, I'm trying to do a lot of drugs so I can finally do cocaine. Yes. All right, that's not an apt analogy, but it seems as pointless. It is. It feels like it. Well, best of luck on that quest. 1981, I said um, flippantly, oh, it's like 85, right? No, I saw them in 1985 or 86. It was the Fly on the Wall tour. And then Get your facts they straight, played Randy. that song to end the show. God. I think that was the Ruined start of my, story for me. my tinnitus was that show when they blow the cannons off. Really? Yeah. Well, you know. Well, at least you didn't get hit in the, uh, the shoulder with a sausage sub. That is true. Sean Casey style. That didn't happen. Uh, given that they used to bring out cannons and blow them off at their concerts, what Eminem did this past weekend seems tame by comparison. But in these times, it was anything but that. Right. He used sound effects during one of his songs at Bonnaroo this past weekend of uh, gunshots ringing out. And, of course, everyone in the crowd it's just not cool. is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I don't think he was doing it to be incendiary, was he? Like, he wasn't doing it to be avant-garde. I just don't think he thought that out. Actress and YouTube star Andrea Russett was there. She wasn't happy about it. She tweeted, it was extremely irresponsible and distasteful. She added, quote, see the entire crowd drop to the floor out of instinct is not funny, cute, or am amusing. I think he was trying to prove a point of some kind but um what was the point 
Because I, I don't get it. Just, uh, I don't know. Some people backed Andrea's account. Others came to Eminem's defense saying he'd been using that sound effect for a while and it wasn't. this was the first time anyone complained. Eminem's people even released a statement saying it's not a gunshot, but a, quote, pyrotechnic concussion that he's been using for 10 years without complaint. Yeah. No, I mean I've been to I've been to hip hop shows and the uh the gunshot sound effect is quite popular. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really is. I would imagine so, but uh in these trying times. And at that crowd where it's not a hip hop crowd, he's playing at Bonnaroo. Right. So you've got people that have never seen that kind of show before. Mm-hmm. And they're terrified. I saw him at Voodoo Fest in New Orleans a long time ago. How was it? I don't remember. I think it was okay. It was, was he at a big venue or was it a small outdoor? Stage? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have two stages, like on something the size of a football field, bigger than a football field. That are in the stages are in opposite end zones. So you like look at one stage and then you go to the other side of the field for the other one. And then there's like twenty little stages around that festival, but there's two main stages. And I believe he played after Weezer. Or no, it was Weezer, Wolfmother, Eminem, I think. That is the logical progression. It really, really did mature nicely. I mean, those, you know, hip-hop, rap, it, it's, not, it's not made to be live. Because <laughs> when it's live, it's just 17 people running around on stage screaming into a microphone. Unless you're the Roots and have a band, which they do, and it's awesome. Their mm-hmm. live show, I've seen, I saw them the last time at Margarita Mama's. In that one little strip of the uh, really? Station Square, yeah, yeah, that uh, got demolished. Any gunshot sounds there? No, uh-uh. that's good. Well, Eminem uh, coming under criticism for that this past weekend at Bonnaroo. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, some more classic rock news. Ginger Baker's son in the news talking about his dad, and uh, if you've seen the documentary, you'll know what's coming. It's the DV Morning Show. Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford. Rolling Stone published a new interview with Ginger Baker's son, Kofi. Now, if you saw the documentary, The Devil and Ginger Baker, you know this is not a good relationship. Ginger doesn't have any good relationships. No. They're all strained is putting it mildly. He just, he cannot maintain. He does not play well with others, literally and figuratively. Jack Bruce, did you hear the story that, that McDowell tweeted out, or did you read that story that he tweeted out last month, where it was basically it was Jack Bruce's, it would have been his birthday, but he was basically on his deathbed. He he hated uh, Ginger Baker so much that he called up and left him a voicemail, voicemail and said, hey, Ginger, I'm dying. F you, man. Yeah, that's and then, awesome. And then wouldn't re- you know answer the calls when Ginger tried to call him back. That's so great. They... Uh... Go on to say in this uh, interview, he is going out on tour, Kofi Baker, with Jack Bruce's son, Malcolm, and Eric Clapton's nephew, Will Johns, and they're going to do the Music of Cream tour. Now, Kofi Baker's a pretty established drummer. In this interview, he absolutely torches Ginger Baker. I mean, it's brutal. He talks about taking lessons from him when he was seven years old, and his dad just gave up on him. He said, if I didn't get something right immediately, he'd shout and swear and smack me around a little bit. So I only did it for three months with him, and then he left our family. He talks about how he left him in the lurch, didn't pay for anything. Him and his mom were homeless for a time. They never could pay the bills. Meanwhile, his dad was making millions of dollars. Oh, that's brutal. The whole time. He said, my dad was such an a-hole that it's not like I was stressed out about making him proud or anything. So he became a musician, became a drummer on his own. 
And uh, he tried over and over through the years to have a relationship with his dad. And it's chronicled in that documentary, The Devil and Ginger Baker, or Mr. Baker. And it, it, it's so sad the way he just abuses his son. And he talked about one time in 2005, they did a cream reunion tour. And he was like, Dad, why don't you buy some property with this money? I'll rent it from you. You can make money off of me. We can reestablish our relationship. And he's like, F off. I'm buying horses. And he said, that's when I realized this guy doesn't, this guy doesn't give a bleep. He doesn't really care. None of us are speaking to him, me nor my sisters. It's a shame. I emailed him a couple days ago just to say, Dad, what's the hell? Why don't you support me or say something nice? No response. I just thought I'd try it one more time because he's getting old. And he goes on to say the last time he saw him was in Chicago. Two years ago, Kofi's band was playing on a Saturday. Ginger's was playing on a Sunday. So Ginger went to see him on a Saturday, goes backstage, said he said two words to him, hmm. and left. So the next day, he's like, all right, whatever. I'll go see him. He goes backstage, and Ginger told him to F off and leave him alone. Great so dad. What I'm taking from this is that they're probably not going to do brunch this Sunday. Noon. And don't forget, you can get tickets for both Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast and Burt Kreischer's Burt Cast live at the Rex Theater. They are part of the DVE Comedy Festival weekend. And uh, Doug Loves Movies goes off at 4.20 p.m., as it always does. So you'll get an idea of the atmosphere inside there. Uh, and it's like a um, an all-star review movie game show. Super fun time. And Doug Benson is, you know, hilarious. And Bert is staying one more day in Pittsburgh and doing Bert Cast Live for the hey, Rex we got him Theater. to sleep over. Get your tickets for that now. DVE.com.